Wrestling Geeks Alliance. This is another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which me, Dane Alves, and my co-host, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, just talk about cats and how it relates nothing towards professional wrestling. Okay, I'm just kidding, guys. You know who this is, and we're not talking about cats, although we love cats. Me and Chris have cats, you know, and uh, we're, we're really here to talk about professional wrestling. I was just kidding. So if you're a new listener, don't worry. We're talking about what the information on when you downloaded off of whatever downloadable platform that we're on, because we're on all of them, you know, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, anything. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance like you did. You saw the description of what the show is. So obviously we're not talking about cats mainly, but we do love cats. And also another cat lover, Christopher Brother Ray Patton. Like I said, how are you doing, sir? Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Uh, welcome to the appreciation of Tiger Mask. No, I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> Sayama! 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 Uh, and technically how... <laughs> and, and Kotobushi, technically. Whatever. There's a bunch of them. All right, everyone out there, if you haven't watched Flight Attendant, please watch it. I had a good week this week. Dane, how was your week? Week was good, man. Um, watched another bizarre movie. Uh, two days ago, that completely blew my head off. Um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah. If you want to check out on these, uh, are you still on these A twenty four joints? Because I got like two more coming out according to my YouTube. I think no, constant. I, I, man, I I don't know what is my uh, new obsession with just trying to find movies and directors that really challenge me as as a viewer. Like, I'm not going all, like, really weird with some stuff that you can find with horror that I would never want to watch, like, that type of stuff. But I watched a movie called Mother that was made a couple of years ago from uh, director Darren Aronofsky, who's made Requiem for a Dream, The Wrestler, which is probably his most, I would say, kind of semi-normal film. Uh, and also Noah and uh, Black Swan, which is personally my favorite from him. Uh, but Mother was uh, featuring Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, um, and oh man, what's that actor's name? It's like completely, I, I, I can't remember. It just completely blew me away. And yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, I have seen Mother. It's a great film. Uh, your favorite being Black Swan. Does it have anything to do with Mila Kunis? <laughs> Uh, if, if you're saying I would only like that scene because of that scene, no, that does not have anything to do with it. But I was like kind of looking back and forth to my left and my right like, this, uh, I'm okay to watch this? Uh, can I watch this? This is Mom's Society. Uh, you know, but uh, yeah, it's um, – no, it just it, – those ones that you can take you, like, the, like if, since you've seen it, obviously – uh, the last 30 minutes of, of what happens and how you can be so captivated, even if it's in horror, and then to figure out the hidden meaning behind the movie, you know, 
as arrogant as, as a lot of people say Aronofsky is, you know, I think that he still makes a brilliant fucking film. And I can't really reveal anything to people because if you tell the direct meaning of it or give anything away, it kind of ruins the experience. Like I'd never seen I hadn't seen the trailer in years since it came out. I just watched it fresh. And I think that this movie could have a cult following years later. Um, I'm not saying to like a, a clockwork orange level, but it just it's a very impactful movie. There's some imagery in it that's terrible. So if you don't want to see fucked up shit, uh, I wouldn't recommend it. It might not be your film. It might not be a lot of people's film, but it uh, definitely pushed me to my limits. So, yeah. I mean, you could even say that about The Wrestler, which is more of a calm down film of his when you get into like, uh, well, not spoiler alert, but meat slicer territory. Yeah. In that film there, there's there's moments in that film, too. It, that are very dark and uh, I, I like I like his directing style and he's done and I think you know all any kind of director like that that are kind of pushing limits and trying to do art you're gonna have like a weird balance of people being like I hate that and cult following etc. There's like very few that have the Quentin Tarantino of like oh people like it <laughs> you know it's it's usually yeah it's usually like a fifty fifty split when you get into like er Aronofsky and like uh, fucking David Lynch and if you understand uh, the compositions of my movies, uh, I'm David Lynch. David Lynch is kind of like, I guess, my voice trying to be uh, Dave uh, Meltzer, but uh, I apologize <laughs> yeah. for that. But he's got one of those weird, and he's he's the king of this man. I mean, I know that he was influenced by a lot of people from Europe and spaghetti western era of his style, but. He brought the bizarre, and a lot of people were like, I like that guy. And that's exactly the reason why you have a lot of these groundbreaking directors uh, nowadays. Uh, I mean, I mean, even if you go back to, like, I mean, not even, that's not even that far back, but, like, Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven was kind of weird for its time, for what yeah. that movie was. And, uh, I mean, it, Everyone it loves won Kubrick. awards, but, <laughs> yeah, Kubrick. Yeah, so, uh, you know, those all of those kind of directors that do these artsy which is for Coppola. Yes. Uh, which, by the way, the offer is great. If anyone's out there hesitating to watch that, the offer is great, uh, which is the story of Paramount making The Godfather off, uh, was it, uh, Mario Puzo's book, The Godfather. It's a great story. Um, the main actor looks a lot like a fucking God. What is his name now? I can't think of it. Uh, better. Who's the lead actor from Better Off Dead? He's in Being John Malkovich. Uh, John Malkovich. Shit. No, not no, the other guy. John Cusack. <laughs> yeah, John Cusack. Guy looks a lot like John Cusack. <laughs> um, no, all joking aside, it is, that is actually a great show. It's a. Uh, it's only five episodes because it's a mini series, but they're continuing forward. I highly recommend everyone watch that. And, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, like, I love talking about the, uh, talking about these weird artsy directors, but, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is, uh, Terminator 2. It's James Cameron flick, so. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I, I still think, I'd like, someone, oh, no, it was Jonah, um, it was, uh, whatchamacallit, Jonah Rock online on Twitter asked, like, what's your favorite director? And I said, well, it's kind of like... I mean, uh, Scorsese wins, but Kubrick's right there if I'm going to go all time, just because I've liked almost every single film I've seen of theirs, and I've seen almost all of them. Uh, not all of them, but a good chunk of them. 
but I gave it to Steven Spielberg as my personal pick for the best director because he's he's done every fucking genre, period. And I feel like kind of like when we talk relating this back to wrestling, when you talk about wrestlers, who the best is, I kind of think about an overall. He might not be the best at a certain like his promos not, might not be the best or his his in-ring style, whether it be his finesse, his actual wrestling ability, uh, how he serves as a healer babyface and reacting like that, not even just on the mic, but in general. You know, I kind of equate it to who might be the best in every one of these branches, just not the greatest. So Spielberg, basically, is what I'm trying to say is my Shawn Michaels. Maybe my Ric Flair, actually. That would be a better example. Ooh, yeah. I think he could be both, depending on the time period. <laughs> Uh, I don't really. Yeah, John Carpenter, I guess, would be mine. John Carpenter is one of my favorites, man. Very slept on too. But uh, I mean, but but like my Hulk Hogan fandom. If I'm that guy, it's James Cameron because Terminator Two. It's my favorite movie of all time. It's so James fucking Cameron. Great. It's the goddamn perfect movie. <laughs> well, I think I might invite Chris back. I'm doing this on the spot. Um, maybe you get my buddy Alex who lives in uh, California, who's a big movie buff, uh, or Nick, you know, if you guys listen to Dane Rance, I'm probably going to do one about Darren Aronofsky and kind of go a deep dive into his films, uh, coming up soon. There's not a big movie coming out and not a lot of movies to review, um, or, or, or series, you know, since I do a lot of those mainstream Disney plus and whatnot stuff. But uh, I kind of want to do another deep dive. I did one about Ari Aster not too long ago and talking about in-depth horror with Alex and my brother, Luke. So maybe we'll be doing one about Darren Aronofsky and uh, obscure film. Kind of maybe talk about David Lynch a little bit too. Get weird, Chris. You know I'm always down to get weird on your podcast when you invite me to get weird on your podcast. Yeah, just let's get weird. Uh, But yeah, man. Um. I guess let's talk about wrestling since we've been rambling for almost close to 30 minutes about stuff that has nothing to do with wrestling, like cats and movies. Sorry. Sorry about that, guys. Hey, well, to make you feel better, we're only recorded for 10 minutes. So at least they at least oh, they missed out okay. on the beginning part of it. <laughs> oh, I, I forgot our conversation before on Skype. So, yeah, you guys haven't listened that much. We're going to listen. We're going to do this for another 20 minutes. We're going to push your boundaries. <laughs> damn it. All right. Uh, let's get into this. A uh, lot of news items to talk about. Uh, big news item obviously happened this week, and we will talk about it right now. And that is uh, Ricky Steamboat has what you thought we were going to talk about something else. OK, well, maybe wait for it. OK, be patient, people. Anyways, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, Ricky Steamboat has declined on the offer to join at Crockett Promotion Presents um Basically, Starcast. I think it's next weekend. I believe uh, the weekend. No, 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 no. It's coming. It's going to be. I think it's SummerSlam. I don't know. I'll find the dates right now since I completely forgot. Uh, but either way, the Rock and Roll Express. It's, it's July 31st, Nashville Fairgrounds. Um, I know it's the weekend of some certain pay per view, but it's where you know they have like the big fan casts, whatever. Rock and Roll Express are going against Ric Flair. And FTR in a match, and uh, Ricky Steamboat apparently was the person teaming up with the Rock and Roll Express. It was then uh, let uh, known by Ricky that he turned it down. Um, basically, he was just talking about 
how he liked the way he went out. Yeah, he made some indie appearances here and there, uh, but he he really enjoyed the match at WrestleMania, where I know it wasn't because Piper and Snuka were with him, but it was essentially Steamboat and Chris Jericho for a good portion of that. And then they had the awesome match that they probably should have had at Mania with just Steamboat and Jericho. But it was Steamboat who kind of didn't want to do as much because he didn't know where he could go. And obviously... You watch those two matches, and Steamboat was spot on, and then doing springboards to the outside and stuff, stuff that you really rarely ever saw him do in his prime. Uh, and he just kind of, he loves the offer. He loves Rick. You know, he just doesn't want to taint his legacy. And I don't blame him. Um, I I completely understand that. But at the same, I don't know how Chris feels. We haven't really talked that much uh, in depth about it, uh, really, but... When it comes back to the whole Ric Flair thing, yes, I understand the man has a pacemaker. I understand that everyone is extremely worried about him. Uh, he has gone on the record again saying that he is in great shape. He's been talking to doctors constantly. He's been working out with John Cena's personal trainer and doing a lot of DDPY and has been for a while. I don't know about his social life. Uh, Dave Meltzer recently reported that him and uh, I believe it's Wendy um, – you know, his his ex have gotten back together. It just, you know, so basically what I'm trying to say is Rick seems to be in good health, at least what he's saying. So unless someone calls him out for the opposite, like a doctor or something, I'm going to have to go by what he says. And basically it comes down to. If if Rick didn't want to retire when he had the perfect opportunity with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, if he didn't want to retire even when he had the chance to go against Jay Lethal after a lot of embarrassing stuff collected. And then, after that, his last match televised against Sting. Uh, you know, if those items in TNA didn't intrigue him, if he's going to come back, yeah, I'm scared that he's going to do it again, but it's up to him, basically, is what I'm trying to say, uh, on whether or not he wants to continue to do stuff in the ring. This is a tag match, three-on-three. It's also Robert Gibson's last year with the Rock and Roll Express. So this should be a lot of fun. I know FTR are great guys to put with Rick to take a blunt of everything uh, from from Rock and Roll Express. We'll talk about who could be the opponent um, to replace Steamboat. But I understand from Steamboat's point of view of wanting of having some integrity. I, I, I guess you could say that one of the three eyes. Uh, and wanting to preserve what he's created part of his legacy in wrestling. But I can also understand why if Ric Flair wants to come back for one match, hopefully it doesn't really go past that. He can do whatever the hell he wants to do because it's his body and his choices. I just hope, obviously, like everyone, he doesn't have anything bad happen in the match. I'm pretty sure things will be pretty safe. Um, but I don't know. How, how do you feel about this, Chris? Well, I mean, I want to first say that I respect Ricky Steamboat's decision to not do this match. Um, I heard that he got in the ring and uh, did a couple bumps and kind of did the Stone Cold Steve Austin feel it out um, on how he felt. Because he had, like, going into that Jericho match, they told him he shouldn't be doing that match then. And that was years and years ago at this point. Um, And I'm sure he's done a couple things here and there, but... Uh, to go in a high-profile match like this, and you get the legacy of Flair and Steamboat put together. Do you really want to do that at this point in your career? Or do you want to go back and look at those classic Steamboat Flair matches and let those stand on their own? 
Um, so, like, I understand that. And, uh, you know, Flair wanting to come back. Flair said he's never going to retire. So maybe he's going to pull the Graham Parsons and uh, go out on top, as Graham Parsons' roadie would say. So, you know, that story. Uh, then you kind of get the joke. But I don't – I mean, I wouldn't expect much out of the Ric Flair in this match. I, I think probably the person that Rock and Roll Express is going to throw in there with him would be Jay Lethal. That would be my best guess since Jay's been working with Rick and setting up all the spots yep. that Rick's going to do. And uh, you can also get Jay Lethal doing the Ric Flair spot versus Ric Flair. It'll be fun for the crowd. I, I wouldn't expect too much out of this other than like FTR is going to sell their absolute ass off <laughs> and have to carry a lot of this match. Um, but yeah, like I have no problem with it. It's it's just weird. I don't know how much Rick is getting paid for this one-off thing. Is it going to be on pay-per-view? Or are we all supposed to drive to the Nashville Fairgrounds? It's going to be on I'm, Fight TV. <laughs> I, I've been good with Rick since the Shawn Michaels retirement, and I watched a lot of him after that in Impact. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I need to see Rick in the ring again, personally. But if this is like something that he just feels he needs to do and accomplish... All right. I don't know how much it actually means if you're not doing it for, you know, a major company as Ric Flair, if you're just doing a one-off indie, like, unless he just needs the money, which is kind of a sad state of affairs since he did get, I guess he was never officially married to Wendy. Didn't want that alimony payment going out if they uh, broke up. And he lost a lot of money off that uh, Dark Side of the Ring stuff. That's the other part of this. Uh, he lost all those uh, sponsorships and all that stuff. So, I mean, I just I hope it's not a situation where Rick feels like he needs to do this instead of just doing fan signings and his podcast. Hopefully it's for the right reasons. Um, I don't know, man. How, how do you actually feel about it? Because, like, I, I could take it or leave it. I think it's cool that FTR is going to get to work with Rick Flair. It's mostly going to be them selling. Rick Flair is probably going to do his turnbuckle spot you know bump into the turnbuckle fall do his like face plant do his like knee cell don't hit me probably put one person in figure four he only really needs to do like four spots right <laughs> yeah uh i mean that's basically it uh, this is this is gonna be i was actually uh being serious this is gonna be on fight tv it's a part of the starcast weekend or whatever whatever conrad does the big friggin' things that are on uh, the weekends of a big wrestling pay-per-view. And I don't know if this is SummerSlam. It's, it's, I know it's the weekend of a pay-per-view, and I'm pretty sure it's from WWE. But uh, they, are, they are putting this online. Um, it's, I'm trying to think. Rick is claiming, Chris, that this doesn't have anything to do with money. So there you go. Uh, but that's coming from Rick, you know. Um, and like I said, him and Wendy are back together, but yeah, they never had any money sharing type of concept. There was no official divorce, if you will. So there was no type of thing that happened to him beforehand. But we know, obviously, how Rick is sometimes with cash. And you're right. He obviously did lose a lot of uh, money styled opportunities, I would say, due to the dark side of the ring allegations and whatnot. So but when it comes to this. You said the perfect name, I think, to bounce off of him. I don't have, like I said, a problem with Ric Flair doing this. 
because he's going to do what he fucking wants. You know, uh, if he, like I said, if he didn't have the opportunity to end it with Sean and he still went on, he didn't stop it with Jay Lethal putting over a new talent. He still went on. He didn't stop it with Sting, which made the perfect sense. If you're going to keep on going for that to be it, if he's coming out again, um, either Jay Lethal across from him, I think makes a lot of sense, especially they're the ones, Jay's the one who's training him, uh, so they can work together pretty well. If it's not Jay Lethal, though, Sting would be the other person I would think of, uh, just to make that match rounded out, you know. Um, other than them, other than them, I don't know. I, I think those are your two best options. Who knows? Maybe Jerry Lawler will side with the Rock and Roll Express <laughs> and take on Flair I- and FTR. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, the great answer would be Shawn Michaels, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. You know, I like mean, if that's you get the other person. HBK with the Rock and Roll Express, let's fucking go. That'd be awesome. He'd get in there, he'd sell his ass off, like he did when everyone in the match he was last match he was in got injured. Him, do you, you know him <laughs> and Ricky Morton would have a sell off, Chris? Like who can sell the most? You know, <laughs> Shawn versus Ricky. And it would be great. Well, Rick would get in there too. It'd just be a bunch of people, and then Dax would be like, "All right, now I'm gonna sell." <laughs> Everyone's just flopping on the fucking ring. <sighs> It'd be fucking great. I, you know, that like it's not gonna happen. But if I'm Shawn Michaels, I'd be like, "I can work that match with Rick." Come on, Vince. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, I'm working with you in the NXT, but come on, man, this isn't gonna hurt your ratings at all if I go work this one-off match with, well, I guess it technically would because FTR is in there, but like let me go, let me go run with the Rock and Roll Express one time but uh, yeah, honestly, it's gonna be Jay Lethal but God, I would love if it was HBK <laughs> he's like, already put you down one time, old man <laughs> what a great storyline that would be <laughs> it would be pretty awesome, man it really would uh and unfortunately, that's not going to be the case, but I, I would love that. I think you're right with Jay Lethal. And the only other person, like I said, that I could pop in my head would be Sting for all the obvious reasons. But we're going to find out, and I'm going to watch it. I, I, are you going to watch it? Mm, depends on how much it costs. Well, okay, <laughs> let me ask you this. In, in, if, if are you gonna end up watching it? Not necessarily live, if you will. You know, what I'm saying like free ninety five style. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> then I'll feel bad because, like, what if Ricky is doing it for the money, and then I'm fucking him out of a payday? Like, uh, you'll tell me about it, and if it's any good, I'll I'll check it out. <laughs> and I will I completely promise to watch it legally. <laughs> every account. what 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 else is on the card for the show? Is the real no question. idea. No idea. Yeah, I'm see, sure that's the... if they're calling that's the thing. They're calling it Crockett Promotions Presents. How the fuck is Crockett Promotions anything? It was absorbed into WWE years ago. I mean, unless NWA owns the rights to the Crockett branding and it's a Billy Corgan joint. If that's the case, they could make a lot. It could be an awesome card. I mean, like I said, they're putting on Fight TV. It's the weekend of a major pay per view, so we'll have to see what happens with it, but. It's at the end of July, so we got a little bit of time, but it is coming up soon. Well, because they did, they used to do the StarCast around the AEW shows. When AEW first came out, it was like Conrad, and he was doing those interviews with Cody, etc. Et if you remember the beginning of AEW. So I kind Maybe of it's WrestleFest. It's one or the other. I can't remember which one it is. 
I'm trying to find yeah. out what pay-per-view is on the 31st right now or on, in that weekend area. But yeah, really, really like, fun stuff. Yeah, e- either way, it should be a fun match. And, it, you know, if it's not a ridiculous amount of money, I'll probably buy it and watch it. I'm not going to go out of my way and go through a bunch of ad blockers to watch it. I'll, I'll wait like three days if I if I can if it's a ridiculous if it's like seventy dollars to watch Ric Flair take four bumps. Yeah, that's not that's not me, homie. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. And uh, yeah, so there is a uh, big pay per view on July 30th called WWE uh, SummerSlam, and it's in Nashville. So yeah, that's that's why. So this will be, like I said, Crockett Promotions doing their own pay-per-view to go against their rival, WWE, uh, the, the, the weekend uh, show in Nashville in July. Isn't Crockett Promotions? That's not, I, don't, I don't associate Crockett so much with Nashville. I, I kind of associate, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the Jarrett's and um, like Tennessee Wrestling. Well, eh, Crockett became like WCCW to some extent. They kind of merged. So, uh, yeah. Associated with Georgia, you know. I mean, um, the, I mean, I guess Nat Woods, like, Woods, that first. Or the big, Carolinas. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all South together. <laughs> South will rise again, I guess. South will rise again, <laughs> SummerSlam weekend. We're coming after you, WWE from Crockett. No, I'm just kidding. Fucking I love Southern wrestling. Fucking Tommy uh, Rich is gonna do a run at the WWE pay per view. Oh my God! If I, I would definitely tell anyone to go and listen to the amazing interview with Tommy Rich on Busted Open recently with Bo- Bully Ray and Dave LaGreca. It was awesome. That guy is fucking great. I love him. Love Tommy Rich. Georgia legend Tommy Rich. It's like him and AJ Styles. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, Chris, we also we have some pressing things to talk about. Some really important stuff. So. Uh, let's let's get to that next. Uh, Seventy man is taking a leave of absence from WWE. What do you think we're going to talk about? Something else? Maybe you should wait. Uh, this is actually the the news item that's going to be the next one, guys. We'll be talking about it soon. But uh, yeah, so Stephanie is is uh, standing down and taking a leave of absence indefinitely as the chief uh, brand officer and just any creative stuff behind the scenes with the company. Uh, now, I will say that it has been said and reported that Triple H will now be coming back full time. But uh, I know Wrestling Observer uh, said that he has been there in a, in a large capacity regardless. Uh, so take whatever report that you're hearing. But Triple H is now apparently going to be, you know, I, I basically what this comes down to. How we are as wrestling fans and how we look into things. Um, there's two routes you can go for. The route that it really seems like it is where Stephanie is going to spend more time with her family and her kids and position that as her biggest importance. And that's why Triple H is now coming more into the picture. Or <laughs> the the meme uh, I, I, I sent, I believe, to Chris of the Grim Reaper that is Nick Khan taking out, you know, first Shane McMahon, then Triple H. And now Stephanie and going for Kevin Dunn next, obviously, to inevitably take over WWE as the machine leader uh, with Vince's old ass, you know, kind of just chilling there with him. But um, I don't know if there's any type of conspiracy. It is kind of interesting due to this time period of, you know, all the talks of sales possibly to other 
companies and, and whatnot. And uh, the fact that there has been a, a track record of Triple H kind of losing a lot of his power, obviously as NXT getting taken over um, and not in his creative direction. Uh, Shane completely, you know, indefinitely done with the company. And now as at least any type of force behind the scenes. And now Stephanie's take it, 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 it looks weird. Chris, but are, are wrestling fans maybe looking too much into is it just Stephanie just wanting to take more time with the family and Triple H is kind of just going to ramp up a little bit more as, 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 a, as a key role within the company and that's all it is? Or is there more to it? What's the storyline? I mean, Stephanie, we don't know how long. She said she's going to be back in that statement. She says, I'm leaving for a while to spend time with my family and I will be back. So to me, that is a closed statement. I, I take as much from that as like Roman Reigns is taking 10 weeks off, <laughs> you know, like it's kind of the same thing, especially, you know, triple H, maybe he, after his heart attack and stuff, he was at home with the kids and they got into that kind of like the kids were happy that they had a parent at home. I don't, I don't know what their life is. You know what I mean? So like maybe when she says like, uh, I want to go spend time with the kids because like the thing about Stephanie McMahon and the thing that she's done very well, maybe over the past 10 years is she is kind of the face of WWE where she goes to all the charitable events. Um, anytime there's like an interview about something positive WWE, she is the person they put out in front. Right. And maybe she's just tired. <laughs> maybe wants to hang out with her kids. Like maybe her kid is graduating from middle school. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't want to dig into it that far. Like as far as if we were going to talk about sales and stuff, I don't think they're going to sell like sell the company when Roman Reigns is off for 10 weeks. <laughs> like if you were going to sell it, wouldn't you have sold it like leading in to WrestleMania with like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar on the card? You're like, look, this is how much money you can make. We're going into this hell in a cell and your champion is not even going to fucking be there. <laughs> so, um, from that standpoint, I, I you know, the it's Triple H point. thing is the Triple H thing is kind of up in the air because like we've heard that he's been there, he's not been there. Uh, there's different reports of uh, whatever, but the latest report is he's there full time in the office. And what does that mean? Does that mean that he is going to be taking over Stephanie's role? Is he going to be going to do these like uh, anti-bullying and like uh, make a wish and all, all the different charitable things that WWE does. Uh, was, was the Warrior... Uh, sorry, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, the Warrior Foundation. Warrior yeah. Well, the, the, the foundation or whatever. Maybe he's going to be taking that piece over. Because, like, Triple H got demoted from booking from both NXT and Raw. So he's not going to be doing that. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, and speaking of that meme, the one I sent you previously, where everyone that got fired from NXT, Shawn Michaels slowly climbing up the ladder. I think that's like more realistic. <laughs> if you're an anti-Shawn guy, you can get behind that <laughs> that meme, fighting his way up to Vince. Oh Lord, that's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's just I, I I think you're right, man. I I think that it's just exactly what it is i don't know if there's anything else uh that it hittingly means but 
you know the wrestling community. You know that they like to kind of really go into detail. And I mean, we're about to talk about a subject that has definitely had a lot of intelligent uh, views from every sense of the the uh, the situation itself. Um, Jesus Christ, I, I don't know. Us as wrestling fans, we're, we're we're a strange breed, Chris. I would say when it comes to criticism and uh, looking into extra knowledge. I know people are pissed about this new Bruce Springsteen album. And I'm like, the boss is the boss, man. Oh, uh, uh, Chris, they, they, they weren't talking about that boss. Oh shit. No. <laughs> my, my bad. <laughs> All right. I guess we should just go into it. Um, I don't even know how to fucking start this off. I'll just I'll say the 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 beginning of, of, of exactly what happened. So, I mean, everyone has seen the press release. We have heard uh, different things, obviously, WWE statement about the situation and then a apparent friend of theirs saying more on the lines of what Sasha and Naomi were thinking. But the basic concept is that Sasha and Naomi were not happy with the creative direction in which their characters were going because they were both going to be involved in the six-pack challenge to figure out who was going to go against um, the champion, uh, you know, Bianca Belair at the next pay-per-view. And what they would have within the, uh, the booking of the match itself I guess it would come down to Sasha and Naomi and Naomi would have beaten Sasha and then gone on. But Sasha, for whatever reason, through the storyline itself, would eventually end up going after Ronda Rousey and they would both obviously put over the champions at the next pay-per-view. Um, so that really struck a chord with Sasha. Once again, she took issue to the fact that they were completely and already kind of been called out that they really just didn't give a shit about the women's tag team championships, which has been going on for a long time since she last had her leave of absence after WrestleMania with those belts, dropping them to the Iconics while she was tag champions with Bailey. So she had a talk with Vince. Uh, she thought that everything was worked out. Basically, you know, they went on and a lot of people, producers, were pissed off, thought that she was being a prima donna, and right beforehand of the show, a couple hours later, uh, they discovered that they were just going to go along with it. So as the show went on air, they decided to go to John La John Laurinaitis, the uh, head of talent relations, and basically they had their suitcases in hand, they dropped the belts, and after the match was announced, of what they were doing, the six-pack challenge, like I said. They left. They said, fuck you, and that was it. And WWE announced what happened through Corey Graves, and you guys probably heard that on air, or at least found out afterwards about them choosing to, you know, they didn't say take their ball and go home like they did with Austin, but essentially that. Um, and changed it to Becky against... Oscar, where Oscar went over Becky to go against Bianca Belair, and now re reshifting the storylines. And last night on SmackDown, 
they also decided to on air with SmackDown have Michael, Michael Cole make an announcement that they are indefinitely suspended. And then we found out that their merch was pulled. So WWE taking their own financial hit to basically make a statement, uh, essentially to other talents. And we know Sasha's contract's coming out. We also know that Naomi's is, was going on longer. So I don't know what's going on with her and the fact that she is married to Jimmy Uso. There's a lot of stuff in this, a lot of stuff to unpack. Uh, I'll, I'll go over some of the statements, but I want to get Chris to react to this. And then, um, I might go, uh, you know, then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about, uh, the situation itself. Um, and I feel like for the first time ever, me and Brian Alvarez are completely on the same fucking level when it comes to our way of thinking. So, uh, Oh, sh- no. Oh shit. So not, 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 not <laughs> that I always disagree with Brian, but I completely am behind what he has presented on the observer this last week of his opinion on the fucking matter. So, um, I don't know. So just just look out. And Chris, what do you think about uh, these details? Uh, I'll, I'll get the quotes up in a second. Are, are you joining the Top and Roll Express? Because the, the, <laughs> our fans need to know. <laughs> I am going to be their manager, actually. Damn, that'd be a sweet gig, you know. The one time Alvarez wrestles with uh, Filthy Tom every two years. <laughs> Uh, no, all, all kidding aside, I, I, I'm excited to hear your opinion of this. I've heard Brian's opinion. He's kind of, to me, he was a little wishy-washy. I think you were a little harder on this in the chat. Maybe, maybe you dialed it back a little bit. Uh, my opinion on this is uh, Sasha Banks doesn't want to work there. So there was no idea that they could have presented her other than like her taking the title off someone. And she probably felt like she should get the title back from Bianca. And they presented like, hey, you're going to lose in this match. And we're going to put Naomi in the title picture. And then we're going to put you against Ronda. And you're both going to lose. Which is stupid. But at the same time, there is no tag division (laughs) for the women's tag division. There's like 12 (laughs) female wrestlers on the entire main roster. So, like, the thought of, like, hey, we built up this huge momentum after winning these title belts. Like, what they were saying is we built up this huge momentum after winning these title belts at WrestleMania. It's like, no, we didn't. I mean, you won the title belts at WrestleMania, but it didn't really mean anything. And that's not their fault. It's not the work they put in the ring. It's not the characters. It's there is no female tag division. <laughs> I've been saying this since they started the female tag division. Go back, like, four years at this point. Listen to the podcast. I bitched about it a lot. Um, I get their frustration, but with Sasha, she's had like three leaves of absence where she's just fucking left because she didn't like the booking. So this shouldn't be new for them, right? Um, with Naomi, she's had two DUIs and been suspended twice in this time period. So, well, I I will say I think she got suspended, but that she was a lot, or I don't even know if she got suspended. That was once, and she was with Jimmy in the vehicle. I don't want to. Th- uh, I don't think there's been a time where Naomi was driving drunk, was she? Uh, I think she got hit with one, and Jimmy got hit with one, and they were together, and they suspended both of them. I could be wrong. I'll, We'd have I'll to try to find the out archives. the information, but let's try to make sure we get exact details when it, claiming wrestlers exa- got multiple DUIs, you know? Well, not multiple DUIs, but multiple suspensions. Well, you I'm said two DUIs. I, okay, all right. Well, let's say multiple suspensions, right? So both of these wrestlers over the past – let's say two years have been there combined, maybe seven months. 
right? And then you're going to walk into this office and make this big proclamation of like, this is the way the title should be treated. And yes, the tech title should be treated that way, but it's WWE and they don't care about any of their tech titles the way that you're talking about. And I get that. And um, WWE, I almost have a bigger problem with this. WWE coming out with a statement that's literally saying these female performers showed up, they put the titles on the desk, and they had eight hours to rehearse their match. How are you going to put that in a statement? (laughs) You're supposed to suspend disbelief. Everything the FT, FTR <laughs> and the Briscoes did to make me suspend disbelief and make wrestling feel great again, <laughs> they ruined in one statement. They were like, so anyways, like, yeah, it's all pretend. And like, they had eight hours and they've wrestled these people before and they should have rehearsed this. And there was no consequences the last time that they uh, had their entertainment match. It's like, I, I get it. I get that it's a work, but you don't have to fucking drive it down my throat. So like, I'm almost more upset at WWE <laughs> than I am at like Sasha and, and Naomi. And also I don't care because the women's titles don't mean anything. Like, unless you're a huge Sasha or Naomi fan, this doesn't mean anything. They could have just cut them out and did a four-way match. Instead of like whatever they changed it to, which I guess was Asuka versus Becky. <laughs> like they could just been like, instead of a six pack, we do a four way and then just not even bring it up because they announced it on fucking Twitter or whatever. It's not like they announced it three weeks beforehand, like AEW. like three weeks from now, you're going to get this match. It wasn't like that. They were like, Hey, we announced this on social media. So the fact that people are so pissed off about it leads you to make, make you think it's a work. But then when you look at like the fact Sasha's involved with it and they put out this weird official statement and then tried to bury it on commentary as well, it's like, damn, people are pissed. <laughs> so I don't know. How you, I, I honestly just don't care. <laughs> like as far as like the tag titles go, I like Sasha. I think she's great. She's been trying to get released for like, what, seven years at this point? Not seven years, but you get what I'm saying. It's been forever. Yeah. Like she was trying to get released when Brody Lee was trying to get released. And then three months later, he did get released. (laughs) So um, they obviously don't want to work there. I I think it's a little weirder with Naomi because her husband's in a top spot in in all of the main event picture with Roman um, and the tribe. So that's a little weird on her spot, but I, I mean, I don't know what all went into that. And I, like I said, like, I know she, I know she at least called one suspension. I think it was two, but I know she at least called one suspension. And then they buried her after that and didn't even put her on TV for like six or seven months. So, uh, just weird. I mean, they give them the big win at mania. I, I just like, I, I don't know what the mindset is where you look at the women's tag team division in WWE and you say, yeah, that's better than going against like Bianca and Ronda separately. And then we can still do our tag team thing afterwards. <laughs> like I don't, cause there is no tag team division. <laughs> so. Yep. Completely, completely agree with you on that statement. And just, I looked into it just to uh, get the exact info uh, with Sasha. I kind of wanted, I already knew this stuff with Sasha. So I was just, so she got obviously suspended or no, no, I'm sorry. She left when they had to drop those titles to the Iconics at WrestleMania. 
Uh, she didn't like her creative direction. And, you know, she was out for a number of months dealing with, uh, you know, some mel- mental health uh, stuff. And, you know, WWE gave her that leave of absence. Uh, she had another issue where she basically, I, I believe, and this wasn't 100% confirmed, but I've heard a lot of people talk about this. Uh, she refused uh, the the uh, COVID shot um, or the, uh, I should say, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, I was about to say antidote. It's not that. Uh, vaccine. Vaccine. Right. Thank you. Uh, she refused the vaccine and they ended up having to shuffle and change the main event for the pay-per-view. And I believe she was sent home and it wasn't exactly said if she was suspended, but she was obviously off for several months after that. Uh, Naomi had that issue where her and Jimmy got into a physical kind of like screaming match while uh, until Jimmy obviously got pulled over and uh, while driving, got a DUI. And I think she was suspended for a little while. He was obviously in a lot of trouble because he had multiple times with this. So kind of giving the the uh, update as far as that. And when it comes down to it with Naomi, I don't know. When it comes to Sasha, basically, I think that her past definitely kind of speaks for itself more so than a situation with Naomi where she got a, in, to an argument, even if there was alcohol involved, where her spouse was kind of doing uh, the main, you know, uh, a, a different situation. But anyways, these are the he statements. pulled over going up a one-way street while arguing with Naomi, and then she got pissed for it very heavily, and he went on to have a tag team match at the next pay-per-view, which I remember us covering. That's right. But I but I thought there was one other suspension before that because both of them have, I know he has multiple. I thought she did too. She's been suspended multiple times, maybe for various things. I but don't, regardless, I don't know. She, I don't know, I don't know su- if she's been suspended outside of that. I think that was Jimmy. She got severely punished versus what they did to Jimmy and the Usos because they had the titles on them. They were doing the Roman storyline, uh, which is kind of bullshit in itself. So if she's pissed about that, that's, that's fucking understandable. <laughs> going going yeah. into this you know just to give a backstory for everyone she was out of action for like eight months <laughs> yeah right so these are the statements this was wwe's initial statement when sasha banks and naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's monday night raw during the broadcast they walked into wwe head of talent relations john laurinaitis's office With their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk and walked out. They claimed they were respected enough as uh, they weren't uh, respected enough as tag team champions. And even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, which you already said, and I completely agree, I don't want to fucking see that on a release. Uh, Jim Cornette was not happy about that part of it. He completely was behind the women with their decision and was like, what the fuck with WWE with that information, believe it or not. Uh, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, which has been disputed. Um, first it was definitely, they were talking or they were referencing, uh, Nikki Ash and Dewdrop. I hate calling her Dewdrop. Um, but then it was disclosed from another source that it was actually Sasha and Oscar. So I don't know. That sounds like bullshit from WWE is what I'm saying. Even though they had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Uh, 
Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show. Don't need to fucking know that. Whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contracts. We regret we are unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. Not like you guys haven't changed the main event for a fucking thing a million goddamn times in the past. Um, they fucking changed that main event for a pay-per-view and made it just put Brock Lesnar in there, won a title, and then gave us the match the next night. Yep. yep. With like less than eight hours. Recently, before Mania. This isn't even that long ago. Unneeded information within there, man. This was a response I was talking about. It apparently is a friend that is going anonymous that works for the company and said that neither, uh, basically in reference to Naomi and Sasha, neither one of you win the solo titles. You won't defend your tag titles until money in the bank. You ask for another meeting with your boss. Oh no, no. Okay. This is a really long statement. Actually, that was the second part of two pages. I'll just sum it up as this is that it had nothing to do. It was basically the booking decision of what they were doing and having them both lose, have go at odds basically within this, having to, you know, Naomi to defeat Sasha within it. Um, and then not having anything to do with their tag titles until later on with money in the bank. So that was the biggest thing and like kind of countering a lot of the statements that were made. Uh, and if you guys want to look it up, it's, I'm sure you, you've either read it, it's all over Twitter and stuff like that, but it was apparently a friend of theirs that kind of just, you know, disclosed the information, uh, anonymously about it. But, um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's, it, it seems like that whole thing was someone doing text to voice or something. Cause it's a very hard read. <laughs> yes, it is, I, man. Because I did read that, but the the gist of it is they weren't worried about wrestling anyone in the ring. They just didn't like the booking decisions, and they had multiple conversations with multiple producers. They didn't like wanted to go down that way, and I guess they went and talked to Vince, and he was like, "All right, we'll change it." And then the producers got all pissed off, so they went back to Vince again, and he was like, "We can't change it." And then they went to Johnny Laurinaitis and was like, "Fuck it, we're out." Which they should have done that fucking Jeff Jarrett held them up, put the title belts in their trunk, <laughs> sat there until the very end and been like, hey, pay us. Or just did the Jeff Hardy get into the main event and just be like, fuck it, leave on live TV. I mean, because obviously well, they're trying to He left to get at fired. a house show. He didn't leave on live TV. That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> like, that's what it's going to well, take to get Sasha fired <laughs> at this point. Right? She doesn't want to be there. She hasn't wanted to be there in a long-ass time. I mean, she wants to work matches with people that she thinks that are up to her level, but she doesn't want to do any of the underneath card stuff. And uh, I hate to tell her, I don't know that the grass is always greener on the other side. Are we ready for, for, for my opinion on the whole situation? Yeah. Is it is it that if you don't go to work, you get fired? That's what happens in the IRL. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I it's hard for me to have sympathy. Um I don't like the way WWE went about it ex- as far as disclosing the information that they did about basically saying, "Hey, we're fucking fake." It's like everyone already knows that it's a scripted thing, but they made that statement to cover their ass in the middle of it. I think there's a bunch of jargon in there with the whole opposition, um, you know, 
not them not wanting to work with people. That's bullshit, obviously. So they're trying to put themselves in front of everything. We have all heard about, or a lot of us, I would say, learn about what happened with Warrior when he held them up, Jeff Jarrett. It keeps on going. But there is a person involved in this where we've already talked about. There has been the same situation in the past, and that is Sasha. Like Chris has said a million fucking times in this, obviously she doesn't want to work there. She has, within this time period, though, re-signed contracts to continue to work for fucking WWE. And when it comes down to personal decisions, I understand your art and your integrity. I'm so glad that people, you know, that are not in the WWE, and we can't find out the wrestlers that are in WWE, really their specific um, thoughts, because they don't want to fucking get in trouble with their work. So hearing Dax and certain other people, you know, Mickey James, I listened to her on Busted Open. Not defend them, but say that, that, you know, give give them love and show them support, um, I think is admirable. Tommy Dreamer did the same thing. But I'm sorry. There, If you heard Bully Ray on Busted Open, if you heard Brian Alvarez on The Observer, Brian's claim was that none of the, the people in the back uh, and a good chunk of the friggin' wrestlers felt bad for them. And why the fuck would they? I understand. And Chris has already said the tag division is not taken seriously. And they didn't really want to be a fucking tag team in the first place. They like each other, but they were doing their own solo things and told that they were going to be doing stuff involving that. And then it was kind of like a, I don't know, like a Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, all of a sudden you guys are the Hollywood Blondes. But they were going to make the best of it. Sasha obviously knows that WWE doesn't give a fuck about the tag division. She's already had this issue. But when you work for a bunch of, like, when you work for the biggest pro wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever the fuck you want to call it, company, and you get paid millions of dollars, I'm sorry. It's a scripted fucking show. You got to do your goddamn job. That's how I feel. Okay, everyone want to compare this to Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was a situation where the booking was he was going to put over Brock in the first round of a King of the Ring tournament on the main event on Raw. And he was like, why don't we build up to a match with me and Brock if I'm going to put him over? Like, why the fuck would we do that? That makes no goddamn sense. There was a lot of booking things. The big difference that people completely disregard and forget, Austin did that hours left, and they they were able to fucking recover hours before the thing went on. They did it right at the beginning. I believe Brian and Dave when they say that no one, you know, felt bad for them with the situation. Do I think that it sucks that writers and producers that are not direct, possibly, I should say, direct people within the wrestling industry are getting mad about them having to rewrite a show, essentially, as opposed to picking it apart as a professional wrestling and and more giving it the sports concept? Yes. Do I understand that Sasha considers herself as an artist? Yes. But I I will give the accolades for Sasha for her being a great fucking wrestler. But when it comes down to it, the best Sasha I saw was in NXT, especially her heel persona. I've never really given a shit when it came to, hey, watch my matches and stuff like that. Maybe there were booking decisions, but you never could get ahead of them. Like, the stupidest thing is <laughs> she wins the title. <laughs> Are you ready for me to get the real heel heat here? Well, no, is, there kinda... a, is there a good fucking Sasha match that Charlotte Flair is not involved in? Well, I'll, I, I, I'll wait. I, I, I don't agree with that because I thought her and Bianca had a banger at WrestleMania. 
Um, that's not the, the, the she's had good matches. That's not my problem with her. I just don't, I, I've never given a fuck about her as a character. She's never done anything. She's been a heel and a baby face doing that stupid. Ha 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 ha. That never got me during the pandemic moment. When she was in NXT, she was a great fucking heel. She was ruthless. And maybe they never let her gut there. But she's had a long time. She's always been on the fucking top. And this is a situation where we talked about earlier. What are they doing with Randy Orton and Matt Riddle? They just lost the titles. Both of them are going to go against Roman Reigns at separate pay-per-views. And they're going to fucking lose and build up Roman Reigns, who honestly probably doesn't even need it. But why? Because that's what they were fucking told to do. So I'm going to have – I'm going to have sympathy for Sasha that she has to do this. No. I'm sorry. I didn't agree with that. The vaccination thing, that's a completely different concept. We can have a completely different argument. Um, she is you know, half African-American. Look up the Tuskegee experiments if you want to know why specifically black people in America might not like vaccinations. So I'm going to put towards that. And I don't know if that's her personal things. That's how I feel about it. But the other thing with Bailey, I understand she was upset, but she fucking has temper tantrums and then she's gone. You know, like that's not credible. And honestly, if fucking Charlotte did this, all you stupid fucking you know, simp marks <laughs> on Twitter would have a meltdown about it. If Becky did this, you would. If Bianca even did this, you would. And I see fucking people basically calling people that don't agree with this thing racist or sexist. Give me a fucking break. It's a person's personal decision of how she handled the situation. And she was unprofessional as shit. If you don't want your job... Don't resign a fucking contract for a bunch of millions of dollars to stay around there. And someone give me info that she wasn't getting paid a shit ton of money for her last fucking contract. Okay? Give me a goddamn break. I don't know if the reports about her ex-tag team partner uh, from Naomi saying that she feels like there's no way the, the Naomi that she knew would do that unless she was manipulated. I don't know if she was manipulated, but she made a bad fucking decision. Because if you act like these women... Both haven't gotten a lot compared to some of the other women. Sasha's won every fucking thing. She's won every goddamn title. She's had title reigns in everything. She's a six-time Raw t champion, one-time SmackDown, two-time tag, NXT champion. I don't have a lot of sympathy. Naomi won the fucking title in her hometown on WrestleMania. There are plenty of women of every fucking race and style that aren't getting attention that haven't won shit. So I'm sorry. This makes the Usos look bad. This, this, this. No one gave a fuck about the Usos winning the damn tag titles last night. It was all about Naomi and Sasha. And yes, the statement made live, which I don't like, had something to do with that. But I, I don't fucking get it. Fine. We'll see Sasha eventually on AEW. Hopefully she gets everything she fucking wants for being an artist. But along with being an artist, you're also an entertainer. And when you're paid a lot of money to fucking do something, you should probably fucking do it. <laughs> I do want to say this because this has been brought up a lot, of, a, a lot online. Well, no one got mad when Jeff Hardy did it. And I want to I specify the difference in circumstances between... The legend that is Jeff Hardy that was a, uh, coming in as a legend, a former champion and multiple times should have been treated as a legend like Edge or, you know, The Rock or whoever comes in. Uh, they made fun of his past. 
having substance abuse issues. He lost like every match, <laughs> even on Dude, house Chris, shows. He's taking not fucking only that, bumps. <laughs> not only that, but people comparing it to Tony Storm, comparing it to Jeff Hardy. Tony Storm took a fucking pie in the face and was even all right until basically other people intervened and said, that's not what we want, was going to fucking let her shirt get ripped off by Charlotte on television, okay? Then after she told them and they let her go home for a while and shit like that. Jeff Hardy, you already said the ringer of all the shit that he fucking had to go through, and then left during a house show when they weren't even televising him for a little while. Charlotte did this right, or Charlotte, sorry. Gordian slips. Sasha did this right at the start of fucking Monday Night Raw after they already announced her match to literally fuck over the show. Sorry, I just had to throw that it, out there. It, it's it's worse because WWE amplified this. So I am gonna say that it's bad on the company. You could have just been like, oh, they couldn't make their flight, or like we're gonna do a four way instead. Or you, there's multiple ways to book around this and then try to work out whatever the hell was going on backstage instead of saying that it's it's all fucking rehearsed they just didn't want to do it so fuck them and they're suspended that's really shitty on the company and the bookers i feel like there's a better way to fuck especially when you book shows on the fly anyways (laughs) like i think that you should have just been like instead of a six-pack challenge we just do a fatal (laughs) four-way like that seems like the easy fucking thing to do because it didn't matter anyways. <laughs> I mean, I guess if Naomi was going over that mattered, but you could just did you could just done Becky or Oscar, which is what they ended up doing anyways, right? So like it's just baffling. like it wasn't that hard of a decision. <laughs> like what would they do back in the day when you had to drive and there's like a snowstorm in North Dakota that you can't get through? Card subject to change. It says it right there on the fucking bottom. That's on the promotion. They didn't need to bring that shit out in public. Yep. They f- fucked over Sasha and Naomi. And and granted, I'm not saying what they did was right or wrong, etc. It's very different. The the, the Steve Austin. Look, all right. Here's the first fucking thing. Stop making the goddamn Steve Austin comparison online because Steve Austin is fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes. The biggest draw in the wrestling business ever. Ever. You're like The Rock. No. Steve Austin. Go yep. look at the fucking numbers. Steve Austin was the biggest draw of all time. I love The Rock. He went on to make way more money than Steve Austin. That's very different. But as a fucking wrestler, Steve Austin was the biggest draw in the world. If he told you something didn't work and you didn't listen to him, he should have the ability to be like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> right? He built up the respect. He he brought you up to 7 million viewers. <laughs> like, at that point, yes. If you're Sasha Banks you don't want to fucking do it, yeah, fuck you, go home. She never hit the Austin level. <laughs> there's There's not been anyone since Austin or The Rock that's ever hit that level. So that's not... That's not taking anything away from them. But, like, you can't compare it to what Steve... If Steve Austin didn't want to do something, he shouldn't have to fucking do it. (laughs) And he did it hours before the show went on air. That's my biggest thing. It's like, Sasha, you had... Not this last WrestleMania where you guys won the fucking titles, but the one before that, you main evented. You went in as champion and had one of the best matches with Bianca you've had in years. Uh, I don't understand the mindset. Like, no, she's so fucking... It's like... Just do your fucking job. Like, I don't 
Oh my God. It's like, what? So, so a, so, you know, walking dead, you know, should the zombies be like, Hey, we don't like the way that we're getting displayed. So we're going to change up what we're doing. No, you're fucked. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I, just... I mean, honestly, that might make the show better, but that's a different story for a different show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, like, look, I'm not going to blame it on Sasha. I'm not going to blame it on Naomi. I feel like it could have been handled better by the company booking them because this shit did not have to go public at all. <laughs> like, we would have known none of this if this happened, right? And they're like, oh, we changed the main event. <laughs> why Why did they get so fucking petty about it? I don't I don't know. I don't know if this was like a constant thing every time they show up at TV. I don't know if WWE is like what they're saying their plan was and what the leak plan was, was not what was going to happen. Um, you know, so you, you can only take it from their words in their friend's word that was on Twitter or whatever. So take that for what it is. Uh, so like, I'm not going to judge it. I'm kind of just, yeah, I just think as a company, as a wrestling company, or just don't fucking say wrestling's fake. <laughs> WWE really loves to do this. I hate those documentaries they do. Like, anyways, we're working out the performance center, and I had to teach them how to do an arm drag. It's like, why are you fucking showing this after a pay per view? Like, why? And then putting out a statement like this, where it's like they had eight hours to rehearse. It's like we get it, but the the whole point. The magic of wrestling, especially if you watch from a, like as a kid, is that one moment where you really believe in it. And the really great wrestlers get there. Like I said, the uh, the FTR uh, uh, fucking Briscoes match. Um, more like uh, CM Punk and um, fuck. God, now I'm slipping. But you get what I'm saying. Like yeah. when you're able to suspend that disbelief, even if it's for 10 seconds, that's the part that makes wrestling magical it makes you feel like a kid again it makes you really love it and if you're just gonna shove it down his throat it's like oh we're just a bunch of people doing you know gymnastics then i'd rather go fucking watch hockey like <laughs> you're telling me it's not a fucking sport you're telling there, me it doesn't matter i could watch there, there boxing, is, hockey football like <laughs> there's other options there is almost like a santa claus like santa claus santa claus like element to kids and I want them, especially there is a huge, I mean, we all know it's the older, the older uh, generations and the very, very young that is primarily, I think, WWE's uh, viewership and more so with the older. But still, they've always been something, <laughs> even the generation that we lived through where a little bit more racy with the Attitude Era, you know, it was supposed to try to be catering towards kids. I mean, we grew up with that. If you grew up in the late 80s early 90s but i don't know i don't even know where the fuck i was going with that um i mean at the end of the day the psychology is supposed to get you there and suspend your disbelief like everyone goes to that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying so it's like (laughs) for kids they get a chance to believe for a while because there's obviously all this out there so i don't want to see like you're saying I don't want to see how they do the magic tricks and shit like that. That that is an element, but at the same time, I just think that it's not said, and it's like you can't say this because, like I said, if any other fucking female superstar, especially Charlotte, who's apparently a talentless hack, 
by a lot of these same fucking idiot <laughs> simps on Twitter that don't know what they're talking about and want to claim a lot of stuff if you just disagree with what Sasha did and think that she's a spoiled brat. But, you know, whatever. I can't wait to see Mar- Mercedes uh, do her Leo Rush-like tour with all the other companies and, you know, non-WWE when she doesn't get her way for everything. So that's how I'll and- fucking end my <laughs> spot on I will say this. I, I, I don't want to judge Sasha or Naomi. I, I do think they have some fucked up things in their past. And and there's some other things that probably play into their anger towards the situation they were put in. I definitely think there was a better way to handle this. All sides. Like, you could have just been like, we're not doing this match. You could have Adam Pierce be, come out and be like, you guys are suspended and like did a vignette or something. There's other ways to get around this where it doesn't become this big of a deal. Um, I and I will say this about Sasha. I know people fucking love Sasha. I know sometimes it's number one in your hearts, and you want her to go to AEW. But if she gets she gets to AEW, it's still going to be DMD. Guaranteed. It's different fucking crowd. It's a different atmosphere and. Britt Baker's been there grinding for for three years now. It's not going to be the the boss show or whatever. It's going to be a whole different fucking mindset and a different viewership of what good wrestling is. And also, if she did say, I don't, I'm not going to say that they, she said that she didn't want to wrestle with Asuka. There's footage of her taking a really shitty suicide dive and Asuka roundhouse kicking her safely to save her life. So, like, if she said that, like, she was worried about working with Asuka, who's been dropped on her head, her and Carrie Zane more than anyone else in the company, then, like, kind of fuck you on that one. And also I, stop doing the Meteora. <laughs> like, it, it looks terrible, and you always let your and kill yourself. So. Well, I, that's besides the point a little bit, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I that I don't think that the report of them being scared to work with anyone was real. I think that was all just bullshit, just conjecture from uh, suggested from WWE to kind of like make themselves look better. I just think that Sasha should be held accountable, and I don't understand why we're supposed to look. If she shows up in AEW, she probably will have a good run because a lot of those same fucking fans that are bitching on Twitter are the same fucking fans that are on AEW that are getting pissed off that a lot of their stupid fucking character wrestlers are not getting as featured as much as more as the stars that are on the goddamn thing that have gotten signed in the last year and a half. So they'll probably accept her a lot, and she's she's worth it. Do some stuff with Sasha. But to say for this situation that people should not have a problem with what she did, if if they worked in the industry, if they didn't, if they're commenting, if they're a fucking fan, that's stupid. Not everyone has to be positive about what she did. She does this all the fucking time to herself. That's all that I have to say about, you know, the fucking situation. That's all I got to say about that. Um, what? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. It, it's... I just think the whole situation could have been handled better behind doors. Not everything needs to be on fucking social media. Could have changed it to a four-way. Could have done the fucking... You could have changed... It's not like any of this shit matters in WWE. They don't do long-term booking anyways. So you could have just fucking changed it up and then figured out why they were upset and how to fix it. But at at the same time, to have to adhere to Sasha so much... To have to change things and know that that could be a possible thing in the future, there's got to be a little bit of like, 
Like, does she have a track record? We do know, we don't know all the information. So that's definitely a valid point. But I don't know, just based on the past, man, I just don't have a lot of sympathy for her. Make your millions of dollars and bitch you're an artist. It like, really makes you feel for fucking, if all of this is true, it really makes you feel for fucking Bailey, doesn't it? Ugh, Lord. Who had to work this heel baby face thing with her for years. Sasha never really wanted them to do the turn and have the fucking feud. Makes you think. Shout out to Bailey, though. We're looking forward to you coming back. <laughs> Bailey the best. Hell yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know what to say. I, like, look, I'm not going to shit on Sasha. Like I said, I'm not going to shit on Sasha. Well, I will shit on like some of Sasha's moves, like that Meteor, to stop doing that. She's going to break. She's going to tear both her ACLs. Someone's not going to catch her, and it's going to be terrible. Um, but outside of that, like, Sasha's great, man. She's had some good matches and shit. Like, she's a good performer. Um, but she has a longstanding... I mean, how, how, how many matches has she even wrestled in the past three years? With all the things that have went on. Really? Like, realistically? Like, not just, like, either she was injured or covid stuff or uh i'm on leave like if you really think about it like it it's kind of uh it's like the absence makes the heart grow less fonder <laughs> kind of thing with her but look sasha's a great wrestler she'll i'm sure she'll end up wherever i, I mean if you're wwe just fucking release her if you do, if you don't want her there and you're just gonna punish her for doing this then just let her go her contract's up in a couple of months. I think she'll be fine. I'm more worried about Naomi now because she's also suspended and she apparently re-signed not too long ago. So Sasha will be somewhere else very soon, I think. Uh, I mean, that's that sucks for Naomi, but yeah, I don't, I don't, do do the do the tribal family TV show. <laughs> yeah, um, it's gonna be a minute I mean, before we see her. They, they have the ooses on the. Uh, what was it Total Divas? At one point, took them off because they were too real. They're like, "No, this looks like a real family. We can't have that." Uh, no, I'll check inside. Like, I I don't know what side to. I know what side I hate the most, which is WWE, because <laughs> there's an easy way to solve this off TV and off social media. They chose the opposite route of that, which escalated this, and that's why we had to spend fucking 30 minutes talking about it while i do hate the machine if you will i still think that her accountability should be questioned for any company going forward so oh it will do you think if you, if tony khan signs her you think he's going to put her directly in with fucking uh Britt baker i think she'll have this bullshit i think she'll have the championship <laughs> belt very quickly honestly it's the same fucking fan base that love her. I'm telling you, they're the same ones that love AEW. This is a perfect fit for her. She'll get what she wants. She'll be an artist and great. But if she does anything, I don't think Tony Khan's going to magically just let her do whatever the fuck she wants. I think if she does pull anything and tries to act like she's this goddamn presence within wrestling, uh, I think that he'll he'll handle the situation correctly. That's all. I mean, I'm not saying they're exactly the same. I but if like... If to, if Tony Khan wanted to bring in someone controversial like this, why would he not just sign fucking Tessa Blanchard and put her with Tully? 
Um, I think there's obvious reasons, dude. <laughs> Sasha is Sasha's sticking up for herself in WWE, and there has to be a level of respect to that. Tessa's accused of saying some really shitty stuff that's racist in the past. Man, I mean, you could look at a. I mean, you could look at Tully for that as well. I mean, wait, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, this goes into that deep dive. Did next caliber have to go through sensitivity training? Yeah, with, <laughs> along with Tully, you know, storylines you definitely don't want to play that character and then get looked upon <laughs> later on. But doing it in your own accord, obviously, you know, in the locker room might be a little bit different. Um, no, I get what you're saying, but my entire point is like, it, it, not that they're the same level, but anyone that has a suspect background and you're going to bring them in as a big star, are you immediately going to put Sasha versus like Britt Baker, your star? I think a, I think a better she's gonna, comparable She's going to want to win. <laughs> and honestly, I think that, that if she, I think that Sasha will, look, if Sasha goes to AEW, she's going to be pushed fucking hard. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think it's a very similar situation. She might have more star presence. She might have a lot more fans. But the shit they just dealt with with Leo Rush. Like, do you really want to deal with that type of situation? If someone all of a sudden be like, I don't want to do this. Like, and then all of a sudden having to leave. And like, you know, shit, Leo called out fucking Tony for the whole entire thing with uh, Big Swole online. Wanted him to answer to it and shit. So it's like, this... The modern concept of just, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into it anymore. I, I just want to move on, honestly. Well, I was I was going to say, just the modern concept of you can just go to another company and be fine. The modern concept of you can just broadcast true. your problems <laughs> and get what you fucking want because you have this entitlement concept with a lot of wrestlers do nowadays is fucking stupid to me. I was I wasn't even gonna go that far. I just mean like if you leave one company and go to the next, it doesn't mean that your career is gonna get any better. <laughs> like, agree. I don't know. I don't know that if Sasha goes to AEW, like, are you gonna put over Jade? Are you gonna put her over Jade? Are you gonna put her over Britt Baker? Are you gonna put her over Thunder Rosa? I think because so. I feel like I feel like that audience might have a disagreement on that. I don't know. I really do. Man. I really don't. Well, I think that she. We, we will see. She we ain't seeing Punk or Daniel Bryan, but I mean, we'll see. It's going to happen. They're going to have to release her, or or, or the contract's going to run out, and she'll be there in like October or whatever. But she'll be there she, uh, sooner than uh, Kenny Omega. It sounds like, man, which sucks. Kenny's going to be out until next year. Yeah, because they keep delaying his uh, surgeries and treatments and stuff. It really sucks. Also, I'm not sure it's not kayfabe. He's gonna show up at this new Japan thing. No, I'm kidding. I'm I, kidding. I guess I guess um, that's the last like little thing that since you brought it up, it, I will say if if this is all an elaborate hoax and WWE, you know, did all this, put all this publicity into it, made it all look so fucking real, and then we have Sasha and Naomi coming out of the crowd, winding like beating the crap out of someone. Maybe kudos to WWE for having some type of creativity. Because that would be, I guess, the closest thing that you've had to something legitimate looking in a, in a wrestling promotion um, in a very long time. So, But I doubt it. I, I, it's it a work, brother, too, brother. It sounded too pissed off for a shoot work for me, but I don't know. Especially because they, I, I, mean, I mean, they may be trying to make it, like now that they're bringing you up on a commentary, 
but uh you know dropping the titles on the desk the the and the the amount of people that were talking about oh no and then the the rush to do the sasha that weird sasha bank or not Sasha banks the weird becky lynch oscar setup for that match awkward uh, yeah like i mean you could turn it into a work shoot sure <laughs> but like i am pretty sure that they were just like fuck this i'm out <laughs> I don't. I don't know why. If you're gonna, I mean, if you're gonna, you know what? It's don't pull your thing out unless you plan to bang. You should have done the Jeff Hardy. Just fucking left. Started the match and just fucking left. Yeah. At aliens over here. Don't pull your thing out unless you plan to bang. Exactly. But like you said, we'll find out. We'll find out more. Fairly soon, I'm sure this is going to be something that's talked about probably by us a lot in the next however long. Um, so yeah, just uh, I, I will I will say this: I would love Naomi in Naomi's contracts way longer than Sasha's. I would like for Naomi to get released and go work somewhere else because I feel like she has a higher ceiling somewhere else. She's a great fucking wrestler, and if you put her in Impact or if they do something with Ring of Honor or even if she went to Stardom or AEW, I feel like she has a way higher ceiling there because I feel like AEW – or not WWE has slotted her into the Natalia role. Like you're able to have a safe match. We'll put you in here and, and give you a chance for a title shot, but you're never going to be a top person, which I guess goes against what they were trying to do in this match. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to wait and find out, man. That's all that, uh, you know, stay tuned, people. But uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the ladder matches, I would say. Not ladder as in climbing up, but uh, later, if you will, uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling Capital Collision, which we re- or previewed last week. And just uh, want to talk about some of the matches towards the end. It was a good show overall. I will say my biggest issue is that Going in, I thought that they would set up stuff, and it seems like they did one thing, and that's about it. <laughs> so, you know, I think they could have taken advantage of a U.S. show with Okada at it, with their Forbidden Door thing coming up with AEW. So I'll just leave it at that. But good show. Good show! You know, uh, the last couple matches, Chris... Birdie King had a pretty great match with Minoru Suzuki. He went over. It was about 10 minutes. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii uh, went against Eddie Kingston and beat him. Honestly, in my opinion, if I was AEW, I would have tried to have been like, can we have Suzuki go over Birdie King, but can we also have Eddie Kingston go over Ishii since he's lost on impact to Josh Alexander and a couple other people recently to give Eddie a good win? What are you going to (laughs) do? I want to talk about this match real quick. Yeah. Ishii and Eddie Kingston, they just had an all Japan match and beat the absolute shit out of each other. (laughs) Well, it's funny because Eddie's obviously one of his biggest influences is Kawada, but he (laughs) He reminds me so much. (laughs) He did all the Kawada spots. It was great. (laughs) Well, no, no, that's what I'm saying. But like Ishii's always reminded me of Kawada, like same demeanor aggressive nature you hit him in the face and he kind of gives you that look like that's it bitch you know like that whole thing so it's it was great to see you know someone heavily influenced him by someone that arguably kind of mirrors him in a modern setting in wrestling 
you know, they, they had a great match. Awesome All Japan match, definitely. Yeah, they, is it weird they that, that Ishii has had better Ryu. matches? <laughs> well, is is it weird that they, they that uh, it seems like Ishii has had better matches with people outside of AEW? Like he kind of had a standard match for the two times that we saw him in AEW compared to his one against Josh in Impact, and then this one with Eddie on the New Japan show. I think it's the time. Yeah, I think I yeah. think that's the big thing is the time because they give him more time to build up. I mean, like not the Ishii just sells the entire. He's great at fucking selling, um, but like his reversal into the Stone Pitbull thing where he starts taking the chops and shit is fucking great. And uh, even the, I don't know why they had him beat Eddie Kingston here. <laughs> really. Because Kingston's in a feud and he's lost like a bazillion times. I guess Eddie Kingston's just fucking bulletproof at this point. <laughs> Doesn't matter really how many is. L's he takes. Um, but this is a great fucking match. But like I said, like, <laughs> it was like kind of like Kawada versus Dark Kawada. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like Ryu versus Dark Ryu or like Scorpion versus Scorpion kind of. They just they just did the same shit, but it was fucking great. It was the best match on the entire goddamn show. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely was the one I would uh, save watch out of everything on here. But next two matches were really good, too. We had Hikaleo and Jay White going against Kazuchika Okada and Rocky Romero. So it makes sense. Rocky took the pin. Uh, and even though on Impact they can't win, but New Japan... Uh, Bullet Club wins this match. Uh, Hikaleo, man, you know, we were talking about giants and awkward giants and just kind of stuff the last show. And I said to you that night, Hikaleo is someone that we kind of didn't say. He's a really fucking good big man. He's almost seven foot. I think he's six, nine right there. Basically, he's huge, but he's agile. He reminds me a lot in his look to a young uh, Paul White. You know, when he was a giant, uh, especially the giant NWO, since he's a part of Bullet Club. But um, dude's a fucking is definitely a guy that someone should look into if you want a big guy specifically, since AEW and WWE are apparently searching for them, um, I would say. But uh, and also the fact that he's sons with son of Haku, brothers with Tamatanga, Tongalo. There's always that. But Okada didn't lose. Fucking Rocky Romero lost. What are you? How the hell are you gonna have a tag partner like fucking Okada and you lose Rocky? God. <laughs> a bu- 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 bullet club if, goes over. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if Okada like just cut the Owen Hart promo? <laughs> All you had to do was tag me when you're so fucking self. No, I'm kidding. Um, this uh, Owen Hart tournament's on my mind. Uh, yeah, Hick Leo's. That's a that's a big man that can move very well. I I'll, I kind of forget about him just because it's like hard Me to too. keep up with everything that happens in New Japan. Um, but yeah, this this is a fun match. Not enough Okada, in my opinion. Rocky Romero is training a lot of these cats, though. Um, I think him and Shibata are like the head trainers over there, right? In the uh, LA Dojo. Yep. So. For for that, it makes sense. He t- he took the pin. Bullet Club gets a win. They got to try to build Bullet Club up to. I'm assuming it's going to be Bullet Club versus the Jericho Appreciation Society <laughs> at whatever this pay per view is. I don't even know, man. 
I still think there's a good chance it's going to be Bullet Club versus Elite, but they could go in several directions with the amount of uh, fucking, um, you know, Bullet we, we always members. said, well, no, not even Bullet Club <laughs> members, just like uh, we always talked about how we liked factions and we missed them in wrestling. And now it's like, whoa, shit, especially with AEW, there's a fucking faction everywhere. So there's plenty of options uh, we- say for Bullet Club. I, well, me and you missed factions in the sense of, like, the NWO, there's four people. The DX, there's, like, five people. <laughs> and everyone else. Or like Not NWO, four circa horsemen. 98. <laughs> 78 people. <laughs> When 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 Stevie Ray is a member, when Stevie Ray and Ken Norton is members, and Horace Hogan, <laughs> he jumped the shark, and that's kind of like into. I mean, we're used to it, in New Japan, but like seeing it in AEW, I think we both commented about this. Like, do we really need like all these factions? And still, this day, there's all these fact. I mean, they're slowly breaking them up. Like, they're gonna break up the Luchasaurus Jungle Boy thing. Um, they fired a lot of people from the Dark Order, which so that's descending. But you still have Alistair Black's uh, faction. What do they call him? House of Black. House of Black, and then you're still going to have Jericho Appreciation Society. And then you still have Eddie Kingston's group, which doesn't necessarily have a group name, but they're a faction. Uh, yeah. They're they're going very much... the, And then you have the, uh, the Elite, or... Uh, Undisputed elite, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it makes you really respect uh, WWE being like, hey, "We got one edges the guy." <laughs> That's about <laughs> they it. One, that... They did one thing right. They were like, "We got one faction." <laughs> they they That's have it. they have Judgment Day and what what the the USO family or the fuck what the hell is it called the Bloodline. The Bloodline. Pretty much it. Yeah, all right. Which the bloodline is going to be gone for 10 weeks, so that kind of works out. Also, we didn't hit this in the news, but Cena's coming back. I feel like, dude, I could be wrong, but from everything that he said and stuff like that, I feel like he's going to go after Austin Theory for that U.S. title because he wants to fucking work with him. He wants to work with Theory. That'd be a great match. Theory's going to be fucking selling his ass off and you oh, know, old it's old it. man cena is going to be doing like spinning stunners <laughs> dude um austin theory i mean it's it's very well known i mean three of his favorite wrestlers are aj styles john cena and randy orton john cena is extremely up there so i'm sure if he gets a chance to work with them and it'll be a good heel against him too because i think austin's a fucking or no i mean theory is a great fucking worker and also great on the mic so this is the perfect time if you listen to this, John Cena, to grab that wrist lock and just clothesline the shit out of someone and do the Rainmaker. Call him and out. Piss everyone off. <laughs> and Okada will be like, huh? Uh huh. <laughs> I think I think Okada would be excited. He's like, dude, John Cena did the fucking Rainmaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okada would be like, yo, y'all gonna let me go to Mania or what, boys? <laughs> well, you know, we never got Bruno and, and, and Hulk Hogan. Can we get John Cena against fucking Kazuchika Okada? Come on. That's it. one thing I love about Okada. He's like, just let me go. I'll, I'll go fight anyone. <laughs> He's like, I'll go have a good match with anyone. Love Okada. <laughs> 
I, I mean, he wants dude, to get paid, obviously. He obviously wants to get fucking paid for it. But I'm sure he wouldn't skip out on that WrestleMania payday against John Cena. Dude, I would definitely <laughs> love to see him against John Cena. That would be a lot of fun. It's probably never going to happen, but still would be fucking awesome. Uh, last match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match uh, between the champion Hiroshi, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Juice Robinson, Will Ospreay, and John Moxley. This match was fucking all over the place. Uh, Juice would end up winning, and, and we said, I, I feel like Osprey is getting now positioned, almost going in a direction maybe of babyface. And it was about John Moxley and fucking Tanahashi, you know, taking each other out of the match. I think that's going to be probably a match soon. It might be the one at Forbidden Door. That makes a lot of fucking sense. Either that or maybe Tanahashi teaming with someone to go against Danielson and Mox, something like that. But Juice won, and Juice had a good promo afterwards. He looked heel as fuck. This could actually really help him out in this direction with him in the Bullet Club, I would say, Chris. Yeah, so it was a good win for Juice, and uh, Will Ospreay got fucked by the refs again. He's been he's been fucked by the refs on his last, like, three losses. Yep. Where they fuck up a count, et cetera. So it builds into the storyline of him versus, like, the authority in Japan. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him going forward. But, um, yeah, so it played into the storyline. I was fine with it. I think you picked Juice, and I picked... Uh, Will, just because that's who they were going to put the title on beforehand, uh, was Will before he went out with COVID. Um, but what they're doing with the storyline makes sense because they could be building, like maybe he's going to get fucked over in the G1 a bunch or something. Um, so there, there's an interesting storyline there with Will. And, and uh, Will's current character, his in-ring work is great. So, uh, And Juice is like, goddamn. He's on the juice. He has to be on the juice. Dang. <laughs> How did this man hey, get that big? You know, you know, besides his decision to, I think he's he's married now, but like, you know, with, with Tony Storm, very smart man. I've never been the, the biggest Juice Robinson fan. And I, I like him as a worker, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he was just throwing a lot of gimmicks together uh, to try to figure something out. And it kind of never, you know, remember when he was going through that phase where he would dress up as like a patriot? With, like, the fucking red, white, and blue and shit. Like, I just didn't know what the hell was going on. But Yeah, this... I mean, he was, like, in the Bullet Club for a little bit. And then he was, like, out of the Bullet Club. And then he was back in the Bullet Yeah. This is the first time Juice has been a part of the Bullet Club. Okay, well, okay. Because I thought him and Kenny had a match at the G1 where he just kind of let Kenny beat him. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I had to, I had to fact check that. This has been, like, three or four years back. Because Kenny would have, this would have been like 2016 something. But it, I could be wrong. I could be confusing it. Um, Juice was in uh, WWE developmental for a while though when he had his uh, long luscious treads, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Juice Robinson's great. He did that. Uh, what, who was his tag partner for a while? Uh, uh, Fit Finley's kid, right? David Finley. David Finley, yeah. Until he turned yeah. on him recently, yeah. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, he does good shit. I mean, that's not a. He's already been U.S. champion before, so he's get he gets two is second reign or third reign. I think it's his second. Mox, yeah, because Moxley beat him for it, and then COVID, and 
Moxley held the belt for forever. <laughs> so I guess second ring. Um, but yeah, that, that's a good position for a U.S. champ. I mean, he's going to be working in Impact, I think, and probably New Japan Strong. They're just going to have him hang out over here and then probably do G1, I would think. Hey, I'm down, man. For someone that was, I think, borderline maybe not renewing with New Japan, maybe they were just like, hey, dude, we got a new creative direction for you, and uh, now he's on a, a better course for himself. But uh, let's uh, before we go into AEW, well, we'll go over a couple highlights from Ron SmackDown, kind of like other than what we already talked about, obviously. But the standings I have in front of me for Super Juniors, which is going on right now, uh, Hiromu Takahashi, I mean, Makes a lot of sense. He's got three wins, six points, and he's in the lead. Uh, tied with Ishimori with six points, with three wins. Alex Zane has four points. Ace Austin, uh, the Impact X Division champion. Uh, we've put him over a million times on here. Awesome to see him involved in this. He's got four points with two wins and one loss against Romu. Yo has four points with two uh, wins and one loss. Uh, Taguchi has uh, two points with one win and two losses. Uh, Akira has uh, two points with one uh, win and two losses. Show, same thing. And then three losses for Kenamura and three losses for Clark Connors on block B. We have El Desperado with four points, two wins. El Fantasma with four points for two wins. TJP uh, involved in it with two points, one win, one loss. Bushi, same thing, one win, one loss. Uh, Robbie Eagles with one win, one loss. Doki with uh, two points, one win, one loss. Basically, that's the same thing with L. Letterman, AEW's Wheeler Yuta, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, same thing, one win, one loss. Master Yoda with two losses, and Titan with two losses. So, Chris, I haven't got a chance to catch up on this. I'm going to try to get some highlights. I definitely want to check that Hiromu Takahashi versus Ace Austin match. Have you watched any of this? And who do you think, man? Is it going to be Hiromu against someone? It's really... uh. He's got he's got the lead with Ishimori. He's definitely the favorite one out of the fans. Uh, man, uh, I only watched the one match, the, Taka, the Takahashi versus Ace Austin match, was fucking great. I'm sure the rest of this has been good. I just haven't had a lot of time to uh, check it out. Still doing the hockey podcast. Uh, Stanley Cups are going on. <laughs> I'm so yeah. <laughs> You're like hey, hockey skates throats. So there's just been a lot of content in my life. Um, but I did check out the, uh, and this was the, if you go to like Wrestling Observer News, this is the highest rated match and uh, great moment. I mean, they hit all of the fucking spots you'd want to see from the uh, Hiromu in Ace Austin and uh, they beat the absolute shit out of each other. Spoiler alert, pin, and they shake hands in the middle of the ring. It seems like they're setting that up for the final, which I'm completely okay with to see one more. Um, point wise, because they would go, they could still go to the finals um, together. I I don't know on the B side because that's the A side. On the B side, who who's in the B side again? I'll just give you a prediction because I haven't got a. They've only had one night, so I didn't get to watch yep. the or the B side yet. Uh, the B side uh, is El Desperado, who is in the lead, tied with El Fantasmo, ELP, uh, TJP. Bushi, Robbie Eagles, uh, Dokai, uh, El Liedemann, uh, Wheeler Yuta all have one loss, one win. And then there's Master Wado and Titan. Personally, to me, 
out of all these guys, because like you said, this is they've only had two matches so far, so it's been like from one, um, one of the showing. So I don't know, man. This is going to be interesting because I think Takahashi to me, he's so beloved, man. I think he's going to get the A block, but I could see it being him against maybe a, a potentially a Wheeler Yuta. Um, that's exactly what I was going to say is Willie Yuta is a great choice because you can have Takahashi win and they can set up the rematch for the pay-per-view. The Absolutely. AEW pay-per-view. Even if you want to do an undercard thing, that'll be a fucking banger of a match and uh, you can have Willie get his win back and it won't mean anything in New Japan. So, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I like that they didn't give him like a bunch of strong wins in a row. No, he's had a loss and he's had one win. That's it so far. And I yeah, think that's so good that's, for him. Yeah, that's smart booking on well, it's Gato, so <laughs> it's Gato. <laughs> LOL Gato. Um yeah, I don't know. I think I, I do think on the A side it, it's gonna end up being Ace Austin again. Versus Romu, which will that'd be fucking great. Cause that first I'm telling you, watch the fucking first match. This it's I haven't watched a lot from this tournament, the, the fucking Romu match. Pretty good. Hey, I'm I'm excited about it. The only thing I will say is that uh, if if Taguchi somehow wins, I'll never watch New Japan ever again. So there you go. <laughs> you can't say that because then they'll be like, "Oh, Omega's coming back over for Wrestle Kingdom against Okada," and, and you'll be like, "Shit, I'm gonna have to watch that." <laughs> I could never give up Okada, man. Just in general, though, for sure. Well, I was on Twitter and I noticed it has to do with this. Uh, New Japan. Um, Issued a happy birthday, a big happy birthday to Kota Ibushi. So that's their their official site did. So that's uh, interesting, man. Well, happy birthday, Kota Ibushi. I hope you guys are working out your problems. Me Wish too. You well, we would love to see you and Kenny Omega in America as a tag team going against those dastardly fucking undisputed elite at some point. Um, and uh, I also wish him well in New Japan, man. Like... We we talked about this last week. We don't want Koto Ibushi to like not do well, but yeah. man, he came off the trigger pretty hard on Twitter. <laughs> well, Koda, you should have waited till right before the show, and you could have taken your IDW <laughs> or IWGP Championship, the one that you fucking made him design or redo because it didn't need to be, and then put it on the desk for for Gato and just left. That shit doesn't work. Na- Naito had been trying to throw that thing around for years. <laughs> <laughs> Naito, the original. Anyways. Uh, Na- Naito already killed the Sasha gimmick. He's trying to buy chips with it. <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, he's trying to get some chips for Hook, man. Yes, that's it. He's trying to start a tag team with Hook, the Naito team. With Dan Housen. He can be the, he can be the, uh, the manager. You know, he's still injured a little bit. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm still calling it out on this show. Like seven weeks ago, I was like, "Hook house, and it's gonna be a thing." <laughs> hey, man, I think you're right about that, dude. <laughs> All right, uh, yeah. let's let's do a couple uh, raw things. Uh, probably, honestly, almost is a uh, best match I would say against Bobby Lashley in the cage. Stupid ending, though. I really hate the whole like, "I'm gonna throw you through the cage, and therefore you win." That's kind of a dumb way of fucking doing it, but uh, Bobby Lashley got his win back, and uh, uh, I don't know how I feel about this whole thing. I mean, it's cool to start off with a big cage match, right? Start off 
You got the two big guys, Bobby Lashley, Omos, uh, you know, Cedric beating him up with MVP before he even got to the ring. And then, you know, Omos seemed like he was going to win until he decided to throw Bobby Lashley. And damn, those links, they just can't hold together, Chris. Shit fucking smash open. Almost exactly the same thing that happened to the big show with Braun Strowman not too long ago, a couple years back. I guess they thought we forgot. And uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that happened, too. That's right. Uh, um, so they don't do this at all. Uh, you know, next week, if you guys want to have the, the ring collapse because two big guys do a superplex, that wouldn't be something weird. Uh, but, yeah. That's that's what happened. Bobby won, and I don't know where the storyline's going, but they're going to extend the shit out of it. So, uh, not to book this for WWE, just spear Bobby out the door and have him land first, and he wins, and then do like an instant replay cut. If you're going to do the bullshit thing, he's like, oh, he, his foot touched. To be fair to Bobby, he did get interfered with a lot in this match. I I like MVP and I like almost like what they're doing. I, I'm just kind of tired of the feud already because uh, they're going to throw this into a, a hell in a cell, aren't they? Yeah, they could if they wanted to, I guess. They're, they're like, we'll stop the interference by putting them in a hell in a cell. Unless this ends with uh, Bobby Lashley throwing almost through the center of the cage. I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't know. Uh, so then we had Masafa Ali, and uh, he's taken his lashings for being public with his situation, I guess. So we're we're extending that whole entire thing uh, with Theory and 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 then Miz taking advantage and helping out Veer Mahan win, and uh, the Mysterios came out, made their return to help out. So yeah, that's cool. Riddle, uh, <laughs> how. How long until Ali's contract's up? Because I feel like, are they going to hold him up for those seven months he didn't do anything? They could, man. I don't know. Didn't they Didn't they keep him off or some shit? I don't even fucking know. That's Because I, I feel like when he put that stuff out, it was like before the new year, like back in October or November, when he was like, I hate this, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so... If they tack that onto his contract, it'll be there longer. Hey, this was a fine match. Uh, <laughs> Mysterios did a beat down on the heel. Two versus one. I just, I really thought that Veer, with all the shit that you, I don't know why they didn't do packages building up. Not fucking, like, what, seven months with him not doing anything? He always is coming, you know? He's just coming everywhere. Uh, anyways. That reminded me of a weird documentary I watched called Our Father on Netflix. Uh, don't <laughs> fucked up. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I thought they had potential with them. I would have positioned them as a baby face. I'm kind of, I don't know. You don't have to do the stereotypical thing with, we've said this a million times, but they're doing their version of it. I guess they're going more Umaga than I thought they were going Ultimate Warrior. But, um, you know, this He's should all help them, I guess. He's not big enough for either of those guys, though. Yeah, nah, like I saw him. Point. I saw him in the. I saw him in the ring with Mustafa, and I'm like, eh. Like, if you're gonna build it up like that, I think the guy's gonna be like Undertaker size. 
Or at least like thick boy Umaga size. Well, I mean, like the a dude's 6'4". Yeah, but like Mustafa Ali's like 6'2". Maybe they just picked a bad person to put him against, I guess. Possibly, yeah, you know. <laughs> and then also people love Mustafa Ali, and they respect like why he wanted to leave. And they're like, yeah, well, guess what? We're mad, so... <laughs> You know, and that's thank you, Kitty. Thank you for joining us with your <laughs> statement. Um, so we are talking about cats. Hey, cats and kittens. Um, no, it just it, what Ali was kind of saying is exactly what they're doing with Veer. You know what I'm saying? He's born over here, past baseball player. Let's make him this tr- tribal monster uh, gentleman from India. So what the fuck? All right. What are you gonna do? Um, is Impact is Impact the only is the Impact the only company that can like book an Indian superstar without making it fucking racist? But that's funny because they have him. They have uh. Well, they did. Never mind. They did sure. make it weird when they brought in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> never mind. No, but he's going against. He's going against stereotypical ways that they display either Indian, you know, or Middle Eastern descent people, you know, whether it be. Uh, Arab or or uh, what you call it? Just just in general, uh, Persian. You know, dif- different people. People that are over there. It's always like we are evil. We 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 wear, you know, the same type of headdress, and we have to just hate America, even if we're born in Canada or the U.S. You know, it's just we'll pretend and we'll do a fucking accent that's kind of racist. I mean. It's not it's not cool when they do that to any other culture, period. But for some reason, I feel bad because they always have to portray that same type of stereotype, you know? Yeah, I mean, I kind of want to go to, like, India and see if there's, like, one American guy. That'd be hilarious. At, like, an indie fan. That'd just be me. <laughs> no. To see how they display uh, him. <laughs> yeah, it... it it's just I, I think Impact's done the best job with the uh, Gat. Uh, oh, I don't want to slaughter the name. Uh, you you just had it, so. Uh, Bupinder uh, Gujar. Yes, he's done great. They put him in a bunch of squash matches. He's got like a, a meaningful feud against these people that want him to these dastardly. Well, which is this? This is still kind of fucked up. But they're trying to build the baby face out of it. AW has the claw guy. <laughs> So, um, and WWE's like, we got this. <laughs> so, I I know people are trying to break into the India market, but like, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Uh, like, good wrestling. <laughs> that that's probably the best way to do it. Like, good storytelling and good wrestling. Like, a person is a person. It shouldn't matter their race, creed, or anything no. else. Like, just tell an interesting story. Dude, and the interesting I, I... story is not racism. <laughs> like, that's not interesting. You know, thirty years later, it turns out no one cares about uh, fucking Sergeant Slaughter versus the Iron Sheik. Yeah, dude, I which is not the same example. That's not the same example, but you get what I mean. Like, but that's kind of where a lot of it it seems like modernly starts. You know, is is that Iron Sheik? You know, during a time period, I don't know. There's a lot more relevance, and there's a lot better ways I think of doing it than the way that they've done it. Um, 
Remember, there there was a man, Muhammad Hassan, who had nothing to do with that, was told to do a gimmick and was literally hate, hated and fucking got death threats because WWE, who was the first wrestling show to go after 9-11, decided to make the to take kind of advantage of that and present it on this one wrestler who was never able to recover and had nothing to do with the fucking booking was born over here. So there's all that. I, I, uh, Bupinder Gujar, he's, like, he, he's, he's just like take Sheeta. Those guys I think are, are two wrestlers that are going to be really big, uh, in the future, as far as having that foreign presence. I think if they keep building him up and they put him against like a Moose or Josh Alexander, give him like that one step, even if he loses, that will make a whole hell of a difference on that character. Because yes. like he's pretty goddamn good in the ring. If you put him against uh, like one of the actual Impact stars, not someone you brought in, um, et cetera, because they they have a lot of brought in people right now. But if you if if he if he just walks up to Josh Alexander and he's like "fuck you," <laughs> you know, like I'm like, yeah, I'm down. <laughs> Fuck Do Josh Alexander or Moose, you know, he slaps Moose. He's like "fuck you." <laughs> I'm the, see, and I I feel like that's a better way to make someone. Rel- Wouldn't you rather have nothing to do with like? I mean, I I don't know because I don't know like what. Uh, you know how people view wrestling in different countries, etc. But wouldn't you just rather have like a good old fuck this guy storyline versus like we have to make it really weird <laughs> with social interaction overtones, etc. Yeah, like like Moose went went after Josh Alexander's kids. That's the whole story. Also, he's Canadian. He's like, that's not nice. That's it. That's the story. <laughs> that's their stereotype. They're too damn nice, and they're cold. I mean, they to be fair, boots. he did try to he did try to kill Moose. So I don't know how nice the Canadians are anymore. That's hilarious. That's <laughs> um, yeah. So some more small stuff. We'll get into the Usos. They they had a good, you know, squaring going back and forth and. Uh, Riddle and Jimmy had a match that was fine. Uh, Lost Darius went against AJ Style and Finn Balor, and for some reason, like instead of having any interaction with uh, Judgment Day, they just all did the uh, you know, too sweet thing and they let Liv Morgan come in there. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of fans online just jizzed their pants over that concept. And uh, Alexa Bliss beat Sonya Deville again. Uh, yeah, so. We 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 didn't talk about this in the news, but leading up to this, Edge teased Paige coming back as a he member teased of Judgment three Day. people. He teased and they all Champa. Yep, <laughs> Champa. Sorry, I'm gonna piss uh, Tom off. Champa, Champa. Yeah, and there was uh, and um, who? Oh, Corey Graves is the other one. All who came back from neck injuries, like him. Well, except for Paige is still out, obviously. But weird coincidence, you know. I don't know. Is he trying to throw us off, or or is he picking? Maybe we should look into us. Champa makes the most sense, I would say, because it's already been talked about. And I don't care about what they're throwing him in as this random heel that attacks Mustafa Ali. 
I got five bucks on it being Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it could. It definitely could, man. Maybe they mended stuff. <laughs> I mean, it could be wrong, but I got five bucks on it. Anyone who wants to bet me five bucks? At Chris R. Patton on Twitter. It's WWE, so instead of it being something you care about, they'll be like, we brought in Bray Wyatt. Not that you don't hey, care about Bray Wyatt, but it's like weird. You know, man, they just want that merch money, man. They, you know, man. <laughs> uh, if he brings but, back uh, the head lantern, I'm down for it, though. <laughs> I would say two more notable things that happened that were fun. Cody Rhodes came out. They had a countdown from the beginning to let you know when Cody Rhodes was about to come out. And, I mean, this guy's fucking over. <laughs> uh, great promo. It got, you know how Cody has that thing where he gets a little bit emotional. It's It kind of amplified a little bit towards the end, but it would be countered with Seth Rollins doing his Joker gimmick. Then getting a little bit more serious, which I liked, on the Titantron and challenging Cody to a match at Hell in the Cell. In Hell in the Cell. So we're going to be getting Cody and Seth Rollins in a Hell in the Cell. And even though I said do two out of three, let Seth win both of them, honestly, one of them being dastardly like a heel and then have a last match. Uh, if you just do this in Hell in the Cell, I'm fucking down for that, too, because I think these guys have already had a great match. Seth had bad time in Hell in the Cell with Bray Wyatt and then had a really good match with Edge. So his track record is 50-50, so hopefully he can have a good one with Cody, I would say. <laughs> well, the, well, the Bray's not his fault. <laughs> That's not also yeah. not Bray's fault. <laughs> the, yeah, whoever said, hey, we should have a giant fucking dumb hammer <laughs> mallet thing. That's and then you're going to beat him with a little hammer. But then, like, <laughs> he's going to wake back up, and you're going to piss yourself. And then he's just going to beat you. And also, we got some red lights. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Actual recap of that match. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yo, I got also at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. Got five bucks on Cody Bladen in this match. <laughs> Dude, I mean, if he's gonna try it, <laughs> this is the match to do it. No, it was the cage. It's it's like maybe you can get a pass like Bret Hart used to be able to do. Like, no, no, seriously, didn't so you know. I hit I hit Austin and uh he, he started bleeding. It was hard way, you know. Boy, you so. opened him up. He opened him up hard way. <laughs> oh, Man, you know, it was an accident. I didn't do anything. Uh, <laughs> Austin, Lord, I cut hyping. the shit out of my forehead. What? <laughs> um, but uh, how how did you like be... the promo? And and how do you what do you think about the fact that it's gonna be Cody and Seth in a hell in the cell? I'm excited. I like that Cody had to leave a company to be a babyface again. First and foremost. <laughs> what about the countdown, man? Countdown to Cody. Flashed up every so often and announced. Are they trying to set up something with him and Jericho when Jericho's contract's up? That could definitely be it, man. <laughs> also, also, Kevin Owens on Twitter is fucking hilarious about this. Have you seen yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh no, it's a countdown to Cody. <laughs> Liars. Apparently also... he's next after Seth is what the rumor is that him and Cody are gonna be going up, you know, in a feud next. They should never put Cody over Kevin Owens, but that's just my personal opinion. 
Yeah. Kevin Kevin's out here carrying a dumbass storyline. And then they just introduced uh what the LA Knight, they introduced him as some other name. I just hope that like Kevin Owens is just running down the entire roster that changed names. <laughs> like he's gonna, uh, you know he's what? If we can go get after Butch, <laughs> he's going to go after LA Knight. He's going to go after Braun Breaker. He's like, "We know your name is Steiner." <laughs> Dude, if that happens, and this is a way to get around how stupid it is with these fucking name changes, the fuck did they do with LA Knight last night? My God, like, uh, and then Butch, like, really, you made fucking Pete Dunn. You had a chance to take someone who was like Brian Danielson and fucking Fit Finley, and you turn him into Scrappy Doo. They they didn't want him to be Brian Danielson. They're gonna bury anyone that's like Brian Danielson. Because they Ugh. never wanted Brian Danielson to begin with. It's just sad, man. But uh, you were bringing it up. Ezekiel went against Chad Gable, and we had one of the funniest <laughs> fucking segments with Kevin My Owens ears. getting <laughs> mad about not only them, but also the graphics coming up and not changing it. Because he t- kept on telling them, like, he would act like, 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 no, no, you need to change that. Like, it's not Ezekiel. And then it would disappear like he was the one who did it, kind of implying it. And then when it would come up, it would be the same exact thing. Oh, my God. That shit was funny as fuck. Uh, turns out that old Kevin Owens pretty good. <laughs> getting over fucking Ezekiel. He's getting over whoever they put in a segment with him. Can we <laughs> really, can they really please get Damian Sandow to come back and be Elias? That would be oh so my fucking God, funny. So, we talked about that. It would be fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Kevin Owens would be like, what? Also, Kevin Owens just going after anyone that's names changed between NXT to the main roster would be pretty good. Just yelling yep. at them, you're a liar! Just, dude, get us back to, like, the, the like coming up to Dewdrop and be like, what are you, what are you, twins? Like, you know, and just getting us back their normal names, man. That would be just, that would mean a lot to me. Oh, uh, them just calling... Calling Cody Cody. He's like, I know your last name's Rhodes. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> He's like, Kevin, what are you talking about? I've been out here talking about my father on the Titan Tron the last couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that jack off over there has been calling you Cody all week. <laughs> it's my first name. Liar. Uh, dude, I, I I want it. I love I love Kevin Owens. He's fucking great. Um, they gave him they gave him chicken shit and he turned it into chicken salad. They're like, hey, well, put over this guy. <laughs> you know what? It's it's funny because I've made comparisons to the two of them, and KO's obviously a lot more he's his own thing, but it's like he's kind of like in almost like a Mick Foley role right now. He's able to get comedy to be funny that sometimes shouldn't be, and he's kind of picking matches and honestly putting over a lot of fucking people right now. But <laughs> Hopefully he gets the title again. Shit. Mick only had the title, like, what, twice for both times very short? So Owens, Owens lost to once. Goldberg? <laughs> yeah, Owens had it once and lost 10 seconds to Goldberg. That was... This is, it's also why Jericho left. He was like, fuck y'all. I'm out. So yeah. there's, there's that. Yeah, there's a bigger uh, difference w- between dropping it well, even though that went really south afterwards, to The Rock in a fucking storyline, then dropping it to Triple H in one of your most prolific matches. 
than dropping it in 10 seconds to fucking Bill Goldberg for a match that didn't need at WrestleMania. To set up Goldberg versus Brock, and Brock beats him in seven minutes, which was a good fucking match, though. I'm going to shit on that match. Yeah. I still think that was a great fucking... Anyone, you guys want to fight me? At Chris Arvett on Twitter. No, that was that was Bill Goldberg's great greatest match. match to me. Actually, either that one or the one with DDP at a uh, fucking uh, Halloween Havoc. Those are two good Goldberg matches. I'll give him that credit. He's got yeah, some with are, me. That that's his two. To me, that's definitely his two best matches. And also, DDP was like, "We're gonna do this, 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 and this." Yeah, this he, tra- Paul Heyman he did. trained them basically. <laughs> yeah, As a, he did the same thing Paul Heyman did. <laughs> he was like. We're gonna do this spot, this spot, this spot, and get in the ring. <laughs> that's that's the spots. Don't fuck it up. I'm sure. I'm sure Undertaker tried to do that too. <laughs> yeah, but oh, shit. So the last match was Oscar uh, versus Becky Lynch. They had a great impromptu match that they had more than eight hours to do. I'm just kidding. I think that's still a stupid fucking comment. But anyways, uh, you know, and they they had a good match. Oscar went over, so Oscar's gonna be going against Bianca. We kind of already talked about it. A great fucking match. Oscar's a really great female worker, so uh surprised they put her over Becky. <laughs> but kind of weird circumstances. I, I mean I was happy about it too, but they should have just done a four way and had them had her pin like do drop or wherever else they threw in there. Instead of doing the six six pack challenge, do a four way and then not have her pin Becky. But whatever, they were like, "Oh no, <laughs> we can't for, book this show that we constantly book on the fly all the time." Yeah, so stupid. Um, I think from last night, man. I mean, there's so many smaller matches, and I just don't think if you watch, you watch it. We already talked about the ridiculousness of turning. Fucking Pete Dunn into Scrappy Doo, but uh, and losing again uh, for whatever reason. But the big thing that happened, RK Bro, the Usos, they had an awesome tag match, and because of Roman Reigns' involvement and knocking Riddle, the Usos are your undisputed tag team champions. Uh, cool new belts that we saw. Um, you know that's uh, that's it's official. And, uh, you know, the one thing that sucks is if anyone follows the fucking WWE UK site, they put up the damn, uh, they put up a picture of them with all the belts, uh, way hours before the fucking thing came on. So yeah, great. I already knew going in who was going to win or at least it was implied. So that sucks. Kind of fucking, how the hell does that even happen? I automatically assumed it was going to be the Usos anyway, so. Um, just because they're going to have, I mean, I don't know what they're going to, what are they going to do with the Usos? Bring in Haku? <laughs> the Wild Samoans uh, are going to fight them. That'd be awesome. No, I mean, as a leader, he's going to be gone. Or are they going to have, like, weird fake phone calls with Paul Heyman <laughs> directing them on what to do? That'd be pretty good. That Actually, that might be very funny. It's probably just Heyman by himself, man. Uh, that's what I'm assuming. He gets a, a fake cell phone call from uh, <laughs> from the tribal chief. He's like, uh, so anyways, <laughs> we're going to need you to take this guy's leg out. <laughs> or whatever. That'd be really funny. It'd be even more funny if Paul Heyman has the giant cell phone that he had in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yep. No, I mean this this was it's a good match. I mean, uh, <laughs> do you think they're just gonna like slowly build? I feel like uh, <laughs> Matt Riddle is never gonna get Goldberg, but he might get Lesnar. <laughs> You think this is all this? He's like, I'm going to take all these L's to these heavyweights, and then eventually I'll get Lesnar. Yeah, that might be it, man. When he got speared in that elimination, or when he got beat up uh, suplex in that elimination chamber, he said, never say never, bro. So I'm going to get him, man. Because <laughs> Lesnar's like, I'm never going to wrestle you. Goldberg's like, I'm never going to wrestle you. <laughs> He I love that that motherfucker is on you. <laughs> when it was announced for that match, he uh, reposted the original statement that Brock said he would never work with him. Was like, dude, what's up? Fucking Matt Riddle. <laughs> but he went and he took that suplex perfect. <laughs> no problems at all. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there is some money for them to get in the cannabis business and make a strand called, you know, they could do like bro and then like Viper. And, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're already on it, <laughs> knowing. Uh, <laughs> it's just funny because, like, Randy Orton's been the Viper for so long. Now he's, like, the Stone Viper. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Let's uh, let's go over AEW and get out of here. Uh, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be great if, like, um, Riddle had, like, a bong that was, like, one of those snake... <laughs> whistles oh man a viper bong <laughs> yeah that's how you that's how you got orton calmed down <laughs> you just give him the bong and let him hit it on fucking air that'd, that'd be great hey austin used to fucking drink beers afterwards you know they're in colorado <laughs> they can do what they want just saying all right aw dynamite first thing that starts off is the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament or or quarterfinal match, Samoa Joe against the Joker. And not Seth Rollins. Oh, the Joker like this! (laughs) No Mark Hamill. Uh, He was actually Johnny Elite, the former John Morrison, John Hennigan, uh, I mean, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact, uh, uh, Johnny was was he Johnny Lucha? The hell was he in Lucha Underground? AKA, I don't know. As he said when we interviewed him, aka Johnny Gimmick name. Also, who shit in Moose's shoe? <laughs> yeah, who fucking shit in Moose's shoe, man? Um, but yeah, yeah, John Morrison is at least in this. I don't know if he's gonna come back. There was no like normal graphic, but uh. I was excited about this. I'm going to be honest with you with a lot of you younger guys online. When I saw Johnny Elite, I actually thought it was John Morrison. So maybe we shouldn't speak up and say that everyone thought it was Johnny Gargano because Johnny Gargano just had a fucking baby and said that him and Candace were not coming back anytime soon. So, and why the fuck would, I mean, it, I guess you could do John Morrison somewhere else because they're in Houston. So I'm going to. I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because a major news outlet posted that Gargano was working on a deal with AEW right before the show. Oh, I didn't even know that. So when it popped, people were like, oh, but like also it's Johnny gimmick name. <laughs> Insert yeah, gimmick name. How the hell name. are you not excited about John Morrison? 
potentially having a match with Kenny Omega or half yeah. the fucking people. Well, Gargano owns his name. So yeah. he's still going to be Johnny Gargano wherever he yeah, goes. Yeah, just because he went by Johnny Takeover, <laughs> you guys thought it was Johnny. This is what John Morrison does. He comes to a new promotion. If you don't know much about Morrison, that's your own fault. You might be a little younger, you know, but it wasn't that long ago. So go figure it the fuck out. But I was I excited mean, about this match. But I will yeah. say, Chris, this match wasn't that great. They both seemed a little <laughs> awkward. There was that really awkward thing where John Morrison was doing a cartwheel flip from the top ropes to the outside of Samoa Joe. And for some reason, the cameraman thought that you should have it on him when he's directing Joe with his fingers to get better in line and still kind of misses him. It was a little awkward. They're both great wrestlers. It just kind of was an awkward match. And Samoa Joe went over. There was no interference really from Jay Lethal. They showed up afterwards with their giant gentlemen. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was pretty much it. That was all in Joe. He was in the wrong spot. And Morrison's like, I'm not just di- diving to nowhere. <laughs> he waited it out. He was like, get over here. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, it was weird because they didn't wrestle. Like, they didn't do a WWE match. <laughs> it's like Samoa Joe called in the ring and just did a Ring of Honor Samoa Joe ass match and beat the absolute shit out of John Morrison. I mean, he hit, like, a couple of, like, there's this one spot that John Morrison hit that was like one of the best sells on the entire show. Um, but the rest of the match was not not that great. But uh, Samojo hits him with a shoulder block and John Morrison does like a 360 like barrel roll in midair to take the bump. Instead of doing a backflip, he does like a side twirl thing. I was like, this match could have been way better <laughs> than it was. But, I mean, it was more about putting over Samoa Joe and building that feud up. And uh, I actually had no problem with this wild card because I thought it's uh, it was more interesting to me than immediately bringing in uh, Johnny Gargano because they're going to want, like, the big pop cadence indie guy kind of thing. Which is weird because, like, John Morrison, also an indie guy at this point, <laughs> more so than a WWE guy. But, I know. love Gargano, man. But I, 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 having John Morrison a part of this was exciting to me. I, and Gargano getting in, I'm sure that would be really cool. And I, I do hope it happens. Him and Candice, I think they'll be great if they come over to AEW. But if I don't think the pop initially was just because they thought everyone in the fucking place thought it was Gargano because he was getting a great reaction throughout the match. So I'm sure there was a lot of people who thought it was Gargano, but. I still think having John Morrison a part of it's fucking awesome. Shit, I'd love to see still a match between John Morrison and Johnny Gargano. I mean, fuck these fans in general, because they should have started chanting Joe is going to kill you as soon as the music hit. <laughs> yeah, the, seriously. The match is more about Samoa Joe than it is about whoever he was facing. <laughs> like, that's on y'all. <laughs> true, true. Um... All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Uh, backstage, we have the Hardy Boys and Young Bucks. They had a uh, very tense exchange, a lot of insults. At one part, uh, the Hardy Boys called Young Bucks the Hardly Boys, which is what Jim, <laughs> Jim Cornette calls them. Uh, so, and they, uh, they're going to be having a match at Double or Nothing, which I think, I mean, it's awesome, dude. I love it. Now, Jeff Hardy, he, even though I don't think they should have done it on television, 
He's won against Darby Allen, had a fucking very memorable match against him, and now we're going to get the Hardys against the Young Bucks. So they're not making him, you know, have a fake fucking DUI had, angle or losing didn't he have to one fucking... against uh Was it Fish or Kyle O'Reilly he had one against Kyle, uh, I think? Bobby Fish. They had a good match, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. The, a... the treatment is, is completely different. I mean, he went out fucking putting over uh, Cross to lose the next match. I just, uh, it's so stupid. Uh, I don't, I don't understand his booking in WWE. I'm really happy for Jeff Hardy. He could have been a fucking legend there. If they, like, he would have been more over than Edge if they would have booked him right. Yeah, he could be having it's a great feud with Edge. I mean, com- coming back as Brother Nero the way he did it that WrestleMania and then the shit booking they did after that with that very confusing. And this is nothing against uh, Sheamus or Cesaro that fucking weird ass cage match. They had <laughs> that had like all those weird rules around it and shit in the bar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this shit was, it was terrible. And then they just continue to bear. Anyways, Jeff has been really good in AEW. <laughs> I mean, he shows his age, like he's not going to be able to keep up with Bobby Fish. I thought he did an okay job, but like that match with fucking Darby, he caught him a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, basically Darby <laughs> Allen was a fucking football. Oh <laughs> lord! At least Jeff yeah. was there. <laughs> so you're 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 excited about Hardy Brothers. First, and obviously, me and you have seen matches with them, but I'm sure there's a lot of people that haven't. So, big profile match with the Bucks against the Hardys. I see the Bucks going over, probably, but I could be wrong. But uh, that should be a lot of fun. And they don't have to turn into a ladder match or anything like that. They can have a straight match, and I'll be excited about it. If I want to watch a ladder match, I'll watch a match they had right before they were on WrestleMania and won the titles when they dropped him at Ring of Honor to the Young Bucks uh, a couple years back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want a straight tag team match and just all over the place. Have it be crazy. Uh, being that they took out Sting, I'm going to assume the Hardys might win here. Yeah, that's a good point. With a lot of outside fuckery, Jeff hits a swanton for the pin. Go with that. All right. Um, And, I mean, this next match... CM Punk came out, got on commentary. Um, <laughs> Sorry. The anti-abortion fuck Texas shirt was brief. Fucking funny. Yeah, dude. Um, sorry if you feel a different way about it, uh, but I thought that was awesome. Come out in Texas with that shirt. That was that was pretty cool. I mean, even um, if you do feel that way, it's still funny that he came out and got the heat for it. <laughs> like, it's pretty funny. I, that that's called I don't give a fuck heat because people <laughs> yeah, still cheered yeah. him and some people didn't. And that was that. That's that's when CM Punk does stuff like that. That it's I, the Islanders jersey that he did. <laughs> like it's the same it's, it's smart heat. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. He just did that in in, in Long Island well, with the fucking. The f- the, well, the funny thing jersey. is, the last time they were in Texas, he had another shirt that was just like that too. So it's definitely a statement he's trying to make. And you know what? I I didn't agree with CM Punk going off on Matt Cardona for his opinion about uh, Sasha. And it's like, I'm sick of a little bit about Punk being like this 
you know, the person to Murder. be with the rest. Yeah, because guys, he fucking left us for years, not too long ago. You know. Oh, so you're an MJF that. fan <laughs> for 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 money, for money. You know, because that was definitely a part of it, and that's why he came back. So let's. I, I don't know why he's always the fucking conscious. Uh, or you know what I'm saying? Like I, that's annoying. But what did what did he say to Matt Cardona? I didn't see this. Matt Cardona basically was like, "Hey man, you know, I remember that one." And honestly, I think part of it was just to get heel heat, like he's been doing. But he was like, "Hey, I remember that one time where I threw my uh, internet belt on the desk because I had to go and get thrown in a wheelchair by Kane off the stage into like you know just listening an embarrassing moment that he had to do in WWE." And kind of giving shade to Sasha and Naomi. And then, of course, uh, CM Punk had to uh, chime in and be like, we should support the workers, blah, 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 blah. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. (sighs) You don't always have to support everyone because they're wrestling workers and you hate the WWE. (laughs) Matt Cardona is like, I'm supporting the entire indie industry right now, homie. (laughs) He's working at me. Yeah, like, and dude, there's right. a good chance he just did it for heel heat, because that's what Cardona does now on Twitter. All right, we so. met Cardona, great fucking guy, <laughs> like nice dude, really nice guy. So, like, whatever, punk. I, I don't know, punk. You have better shit to do. You're making like four million dollars a year. Leave Matt Cardona alone. Yeah, dude. I mean, the moral compass of fucking wrestling has to be the guy that left wrestling. Uh, also, you were in the fucking company when he was getting buried. You should have stood up for him. What the fuck? Yep. Uh, <laughs> but you I did love his shirt, and it's like that's how CM Punk is, man. It, there's some things that he's very opinionated. And he's he's I don't know if it's so much full of himself, but he if he's got something to say, man, he's gonna fucking say it. Sometimes I respect it, sometimes I don't. So. Uh. I go on record for, for, for how long has this show been going on? Six years now? <laughs> Five years now? Never You've been, been a saying huge it fan a lot. Of, never been a huge fan of Punk. Uh, he's pulled me around with his in-ring wrestling in AEW, I think. More so even than the shit he was doing in Ring of Honor. Uh, I think his promos have been okay, good at first, and they kind of leveled out because I'm just kind of bored of bored of the same shit. Um, but yeah, like, uh, when he comes off and does that Twitter bullshit, uh, he kind of does shit on a section of his audience a little bit. He tends to do that a lot and he tends to not give a fuck about it. And that's fine. But, you know, stay, stay the course of going back and forth with Eric Bischoff instead of fucking coming at Matt Cardona for getting heel heat or staying his opinion based on stupid shit that he had to do. While you were getting paid millions of dollars and bitching about it. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> Matt, Matt Cardona's like, it's a shoot, brother. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Lord. He's, he's like, we already saw you can't squish a grape in a food fight. <laughs> you seen my big ass? So CM Punk might be going for the NWA title. Who knows? Um, but, dude, <laughs> I want to talk about this fucking match. I... Like I said earlier, man, uh, Guzier and now Take Sheeta are my two of my guys, along with Odinson, Hammerstone. Uh, some of these dudes, I just think that are going to be fucking huge within the next couple of years. And he's from DDT. I know he was very much trained a lot by 
both Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi. He reminds me of a young Tanahashi. He's really good in the ring, man, and uh, I was impressed. I will say I do agree with some people that there was a person you could have put in that ring and had a long extended match other than your world champion. Um, I, that's one thing I don't agree with AEW is that they'll have long fucking competitive matches with Matt, with either newer people or people that you've displayed in the past lose a lot. You know, you'll have your, your champions go against them or, or your bigger names and still have competitive matches. Sometimes I, I don't know. I, I think they could have had Adam page go against someone else to progress with the story and had a showing of take Sheeta against another wrestler. That would have been awesome. And could have done the same thing. But that's my personal opinion. But other than that, they had a fucking incredible match. And honestly, it was probably the match of the week. Uh, now that we're all said and done, I would say. I didn't see I didn't see the match with Takahashi and fucking uh and uh whatchamacallit. So I can't I can't Ace comment Austin. on that. Uh, Ace Austin, yeah. Oh, I guess yeah, the capital the was the capital collision didn't doesn't count to this week, I guess. That was a great match, though, too. Uh, Ishii yeah. and Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. The Ishii-Kingston Ishii, match is a fucking banger. Um, yeah, this is a great match. I've only seen him in uh, uh, three-way tag matches. Yeah. So this is the first time I've ever seen him in singles competition. Because, you know, even in DDT, they do a lot of those... Well, didn't, didn't matches. him and uh, his partner in DDT were the ones who took the tag belts off Kota Ibushi and uh, Kenny Omega. That's, I see. I haven't even went that far back because it's been a while since he had Kenny one and match and I didn't both. see it. He had one match that I didn't see on Dark with uh, Jay Lethal that a lot of people talked about. But I, this is the first match I've seen. Or maybe it was on Rampage. I don't remember. One of those. Yes. So I'm only talking about like a year or two back. And it gotcha. was one of those like, um, all right, I'm out of wrestling. I'll watch DDT. <laughs> so he, so I don't know that much about him, but he looked great in this match. And I could definitely see the, uh, he's got the look. Right. So yep. that goes a long way. Um, I mean, if Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega are like thumbs up, that's a, that's a good good way to start your career, right? Or not even start your career because it's been there for a while, but uh, start your career in America, I guess. Yep. Maybe Kenny uh, Omega's like, I don't know if Coda can go anymore. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be my new gold lover. <laughs> oh, Coda would be so fucking upset about that, man. Don't say that. Jesus. Uh, but the dude has, I mean, he has to be influenced by uh, who. Uh, CM Punk alluded at El Generico because Blue Thunderbomb. <laughs> I love how I love how he said, uh, what, "What did Punk say?" He's like, "We should change that name to the El Generico because that wrestler created it." I'm sure Jr. was like, "Oh, who?" And then um, he's got a great Haluva kick too. So I guess Takeshita likes uh, like Sami Zayn, Chris. Uh, I would assume, and a uh, beautiful Blue Thunderbomb, honestly. <laughs> yep. It was pretty good. It just makes me sad that Sami Zayn's not the world champion right now. <laughs> oh, and one other issue, the ending of the match. I just remembered this. Why did he get up immediately? And maybe this is Take Sheeta's problem. 
you know, he's newer, so it would make sense. But like once you get the buckshot lariat, I know you're going from that into basically the opposite of what CM Punk did last week. You're gonna get him in the uh, go to sleep to say fuck you to Punk. And I love Punk's reaction, like, oh, I'm in, I'm in your head, like smiling about it. I thought that was great. But Take Shida should have been pulled off the mat and picked up and, you know, kind of giving no body weight, not directly getting the fuck up and kind of just stumbling on his feet. He just got the buckshot lariat, which is the championship's finisher. So I did have issue with that. Yeah, me too, because they should have just fucking pinned him and then picked him up and hit the GTS. They would have done the same thing. Yep. Um, or he should have been a real dick, hit the buckshot lariat, picked his ass up, pedigreed him, and then pinned him, and then flicked Punk off and told me that a dick. Awesome. That would have been heel heat. <laughs> oh, uh, my God, man. Look here, Adam Page. You can call me for ideas <laughs> if you want. Uh, but, uh, yeah, good stuff, man. I think that guy's got a fucking shitload of potential for sure. Um, all right. So first, yeah, I, I think he has a lot of potential as well. I don't know if I would have put it necessarily on hangman to carry a match with him. No. Building into a feud against CM Punk, but maybe it's like a. See, I think if the if the storyline was the Hangman was still like drunk Hangman, so he was like lazy and fucking around, kind of like the drunken master kind of thing, and then he just hits a switch, it would make more sense. But they haven't told us that in a long time. But he still kind of wrestles like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's like kind of lackal lackadaisical. Was it lackadaisical? I can't even. You know what I mean? He's like just kind of like lazy a little bit in the ring. Not that he's not well, doing well, but like how he's wrestling is still like I'm drunk, Hangman. <laughs> I'm I'm actually happy that CM Punk called it out on commentary and took advantage of it, saying you know, Takeshita is extremely talented, but the, he's having issues with a new guy. Like, what the hell's going to happen when I come out there? I'm gonna I'm gonna mop the floor with them. He that was smart, honestly, because that's not something that should be really happening, honestly, to the champion. I. I uh, that's the one thing I'm not saying squash matches and I don't like a lot of times how WWE goes about it, but having always competitive matches with huge champions against new guys or people you guys have jobbed out in past matches on television doesn't make a lot of sense. So I, I would argue a little bit that someone didn't rebuttal on commentary. Cause I would have said, yeah, but he has all the tape on you. So he knows everything you're going to do in the ring. Versus she sure. knows this guy. He doesn't know this guy at all. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's what JR should have said, but he was like, I'm drinking the Moscow mule. <laughs> you got time for this shit right now. Fresh, fresh. Um, all right. Uh, let's get to the next match. We had Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, they had a match with the Work Horseman, which is Anthony Henry and JD Drake. Someone who I think has a lot more potential than what's happening, but hey, man, AEW. That's not, I'm not trying to be negative. I love AEW, but like, all right, JD Drake, uh, Morrissey, and we're gonna see what happens to Killian Dane, aka Big Damo, from last night. All them beaten. It's because AEW for some reason doesn't give a fuck if you're a giant. You know, Lance Archer, you can lose pretty quickly. Uh, Miro, you can lose pretty quickly. I, I, that's. 
a whatever concept, but uh, not so much with Drake because he, he's been displayed already like that. But I hope for him to be involved. Put him and Brock Anderson and Arn Anderson together. That's what I've been saying. But this was more to set up. It's going to be Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland because Christian and the Jungle Express come out after they call out um, uh, Ricky uh, Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs. It's going to be the three tag teams for the championship belts at Double or Nothing, and that should be a great match. It's exactly where I thought they were going, and it just confirmed it. Chris. What was the match? Sorry. At Double or Nothing, it's going to be uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks going against um, uh, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland against the champions, Jurassic Express. In a three-way uh, tag match. Ooh, I'm gonna put it on Team Taz. Yeah. And I think mostly because it's it's setting up the dissension of uh, Christian versus Jungle Boy to try to se- separate Jungle Boy from that group. That's definitely how I see it happening too, man. Uh, there was oh, God damn it. Never mind. I'll, I'll think of it in a second. <laughs> there was one other thing you talked about, and I was going to make a comment on, but doesn't matter. Let's roll. All right, rolling, rolling. Um, saw the baddies backstage, and then we had Wardlow come out. And this stuff, MJF, not only is is pushing the needle as far as when he's on, they're getting some of the highest ratings, but his segments consistently have been some of the fun, some of the best stuff. This is the one thing. It's like, I love it when they can go a little bit more into storyline. And 10 lashes against Wardlow. When Cody took him, man. He got, and I know he got nailed in the front a couple times because they were trying to go for that extra heel heat, but he reacted a hell of a lot more than Wardlow did. I mean, the first like five of them, Wardlow doesn't even fucking flinch or anything. He only flinched really once. And then the time where, and that's when Sean Spears did it. And then a little bit later when we had uh, him, you know, doing the same thing, MJF just takes advantage and nails him like an extra eight times for no reason while him and Sean Spears beat the shit out of him. But Wardlow's over, man. He is getting a little bit of that Goldberg reaction. That's not a bad thing for it to be a baby face and get a similar concept because the newer fans are doing it because everyone's doing it and the older fans are doing it because they see that comparison. And him coming out, all security guards looking like fucking Hannibal Lecter and shit and just all the stuff from MJF and everything that just I I loved it man you got nailed by the the uh, dynamite diamond ring and then got a C4 and uh, the war dog was left you know getting you know just destroyed we're almost here man he's got to get the cage match next week I think you have a great booking idea of Aubrey Edwards being the one who inevitably comes out because MJF is not able to continue. Wardlow gets the three count, and we're off to the races at double or nothing, and we'll see what happens from there. But this has been some of my favorite stuff, personally, at least on AEW, Chris. Yeah, it's a great slow build. They've done a really good job with it. And uh, one of the best whippings of all time. I mean, it's not like Tommy Dreamer good, but it's pretty good up there as far as his reactions. Like he took like five and then like that sixth one, he was like, oh, damn, that one hurt. <laughs> like 
the way he sold it and she was like, oh, fuck. Uh, I, I, I thought it was a good segment for Wardlow and MJF. And uh, like I said, I mean, I feel like, you know, they're doing the fuck referee thing. And uh, MJF already got heat with various refs. So it'll it'll be interesting after that. I mean, I, he's going to pick up the win here. Does he just squash him to MJF once they finally do the match? Because Tom was uh, Tom on uh, main was the main event podcast. Shout out Tom. Uh, he was like, I'm fine with him just squashing him. And I thought about it and I was like, Yeah, it's not really going to hurt MJF if he just gets power bombed like five times and pinned. I don't I don't think it would hurt MJF. He'd be like. He wasn't ready. He needs some milk, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I I I would I think that that's actually I have no problem with that. But they'll probably end up having a forty-minute banger because you need to make sure all of them are long matches. Um, maybe I mean MJF can do something dastardly within it. To, I mean he can literally get the diamond ring, do that at the beginning to fuck up Wardlow to make it look like he has an advantage over him right at the beginning of the match. So. It all depends, but if that happens, that he would just, be great. He just grabs him, put the ring in one of his eye. <laughs> sure, that'd be that'd be very old school. You know, grind that grind that some bitch into his eye. <laughs> and just nail him afterwards with it. He just he's all dizzy. His his sight is fucked up. Now MJF can like go after him. But uh, yeah, I love this. Uh, this is gonna be fun. If you're going to do a long format match between these two, I think it'll be really good because I saw Wardlow versus Cody and that was a very good match. And I, I think I place MJF and Cody in the same in-ring ability and they kind of work the same style. So him and Wardlow can have that kind of match and I think it'll be very good. I don't know if that's what the fans want to see. Um, I would say do not hit like, do not hit MJF with like 17 power bombs. Maybe hit no. him with one and get the pin, like he did on uh, Morrissey. Make that or, thing you really know what, impressive, though. You know what hit I miss? The last ride. <laughs> you know what? You know what I miss is the triple power bomb. Instead of actually doing three individuals, do what Jericho and Brock used to do, and just slam them, lift them back up, slam them, lift them back up, slam them one more time. That's it. Boom. Yeah, that's a lot of core strength, though. <laughs> It's just last fucking, have you ass. seen Wardlow? He looks like a giant Kurt Angle from 2008. Um, I mean, you say that, but I also watched Jake Hager try to put <laughs> fucking Eddie Kingston through a table, and it took like four people. So I don't know what muscles mean anymore. <laughs> and, they, and then Kingston yeah, still almost died. Weight level between fucking Kingston and MJF is a little bit different, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean. I guess fat versus muscle, but not that far, not that far apart. Um, in in general, I would say like, do the last ride, bro. You'll be a legend if he hits the last ride. He'll be a legend. Instead of doing this symphony, he just fucking hits the last ride. He's like, blap. There you go. You know, just elevate it a little bit. Put him in that razor's edge. Everybody's like, oh, she's gonna give him the razor's edge. Hit the last ride on their ass. Do the one-legged pissed-off pin. Roll your eyes back in the, your head. Flip the oh, bird at the okay, camera. Okay, now, now you literally are turning <laughs> Wardlow into The Undertaker. <laughs> Jesus. All right, next match. Also a really good match, Chris. 
uh, Owen Hart uh, Foundation Men Tournament quarterfinals. Ray Phoenix against Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, these guys are awesome. Ray Phoenix. God damn, man. I mean, he just came back from a really terrible fucking injury to his uh, wrist or his arm. I forgot, man. And I watched. Oh, that my thing. God. I, I don't want to think about it. It was so disgusting. Jesus. But uh, know, this, that was that, that's the match. one he took from. That was that table mat, that table uh, spot he took from Luchasaurus. Yep. Right? And they said he dislocated his arm. I'm like, how does one dislocate their arm? You can dislocate your shoulder, dislocate your elbow. It was like, it was at the entire elbow. arm. It was definitely at the elbow, but that shit was fucked up. But uh, they had a great match, yeah. man. And what did O'Reilly do? He worked on his arm the whole entire fucking match. And uh, he ended up winning. And Phoenix hit some really sick spots, as one would expect. And oh, uh, dude, he's like, what was it? Was it a was it a four fifty springboard off the ropes into the armbar that Kyle? Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> Ray Phoenix, like, my arm might be fucked up, but check this out. <laughs> Shit so, was wild. He's wild. That give awesome. that man a title. <laughs> Yeah, Any give title, something. <laughs> An award. Wow. Give him one. Give him one of those. Like, what's that award where that woman or female wrestler won that many? <laughs> they just got smashed over her head. Give him the broken, shattered glass of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ray Phoenix is a. <laughs> he's not a human. No one should be able to jump like that. He's like real life Spider Man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's fucking just awesome, man. Um, next match, or no, not next match. We had a confrontation. We had the the William Regal Chris Jericho face off. It was supposed to be a face to face confrontation. Never got face to face, but we had everyone show up between the Blackpool Combat Club, Eddie Kingston, Santana and Ortiz, and here comes the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. And you know, we heard a little bit. It was mostly Chris Jericho, man. And Chris Jericho just fucking cut down William Regal for his his problems in the past with with addiction and just, you know, basically <laughs> went off on Santana and Ortiz about how irrelevant they would be without him. Uh, and Eddie Kingston, how he's a piece of shit slob. You know, Brian Danielson, he went after him and just called him a nerd and then brought up Moxley. It's like you call it you called a. Uh, he was scathing about everyone. Danielson, you're a nerd. And then, John, you're just like fucking Regal. Why don't you go have a cocktail with him or whatever he said. Just just completely scathing. And then Regal with his rebuttal, you know, and and it, it, the funniest part, I would say, Chris, is when Jericho announced that this is going to be a stadium stampede, blah, 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 double or nothing. And, and John Mox is like, all right, all right, hold up. Nah, I ain't doing that shit. I ain't doing that stupid sports entertainment crap. We're going to have a match. It sounds like it's basically going to be all of them versus all of them in a hardcore match. Uh, no rules. Everyone's going to beat the living fuck out of each other. And I hope this eventually gets down to them, you know, declaring war games on them afterwards. I hope that's I just want to hear William Regal say blood and guts like he used to say war <laughs> games on NXT. That's what it really comes down to. But uh 
this definitely went on a, a, a bit too long and dragged at certain parts. I will, and honestly, the fucking main event definitely suffered. So, uh, what are you gonna do? It definitely got out a lot of stuff. Everyone, besides Danielson, who only gets like a little bit of time to talk half the fucking time now, which I think I think he's a great guy on the mic, but um, you know, I think it set it up well. I don't think Danielson needs to talk though, right? For for what he's doing right now, I don't think he has to say say too much. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for this match. I'm more excited for this weird fucking double cage thing they're gonna set up. It's not War Games. It's whatever you call. Was it Blood and Guts? Yeah, Blood and Guts. Blood and Guts. You know Moxley is gonna take Jericho's ass up there at top of the cage. He's like, all right, I'm gonna do a brain buster or death rider and make sure you land on top of me and actually go through this for real. <laughs> Some <Yeah>. dumb shit. <laughs> no paper mache is needed. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we're going to do this for real. And Jericho's like, no, no, no. He's like, don't worry. You're going to land on top of me. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I feel like that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Moxley's the best, by the way. <laughs> he really is, man. And William Regal has been great in this role. Um, I don't know that Daniel Bryan or or Bryan Danielson or Moxley needed him, but it, it's been fun. <laughs> William Yuta needed him, so there's that. That's been. You uh, know what I also have to say, man. I like that they're still keeping storylines from the past because we did have that tense moment where Bryan Danielson, Eddie Kingston, you know, were about to go at it. So. They're keeping that element that, yeah, some of these guys are not on the best terms that have been a part of shit. So Jericho has that favor because at least all of them are aligned, even though they're annoying. And also Daniel Garcia shouldn't have fucking talked throughout the whole thing. You didn't have to let him talk at all. But that's just my <laughs> opinion. Man, that guy is a good wrestler, but he cannot cut a promo. <laughs> no, he, he should not have been the sports entertainer to be a part of this whole entire thing. It's, uh, yeah. He was supposed to be made, in the Blackpool Combat it. Club. That's where he was supposed to go. Wouldn't it be hilarious if they named him Hager? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just to rib on their own bodyguard? They should have done that. Uh, the other cat with the uh, long hair, kind of early James Storm look to him. He's he's really good at promo. I can't think of his name right now. I always forget both of them. Uh, but 2.0, both those guys are really entertaining. Yeah, the Daniel Garcia the is kind of the, the odd man out. <laughs> yeah, like the uh, the the other gentleman from that group that has the long ponytail, and he was like, you know what gets me going in my pants? <laughs> yeah. Being a sports entertainer. Like he's he's like a Chris Farley character or some shit, man. It's great. Yeah. It's pretty funny, <laughs> and he's also good in the ring too. He's he's not as good as Daniel Garcia in the ring, but he's more entertaining <laughs> as a character. Uh, so they're, they're going to fight each other to death, right? And then like Eddie Kingston going to show up, I guess. Cause the idea is like a uh, Blackpool violence, whatever the hell. God, stop making, don't make your name so long. Dane, I lost you. I'm here. 
They're like the oh. Black Label Society. Is that why? The Black Labels? No, it's the Blackpool Combat Club. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, Black Label Society versus these geeks. Which one is a? Uh, who's the guitarist from that? Oh man, Zach Zach Wild. Zach, yeah, there you go. I saw them actually at a. What's that shitty fucking bar in Duluth? I don't even know Sweet if it's around water? still. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, the bigger one with the smoking section inside of it. Uh, Sweetwater shots fired. Blah 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 blah. How the fucks? Oh god, love that place. They had a great sound yeah. guy who didn't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, he's great though. <laughs> He'll make you sound good if you like are nice to him. <laughs> but if if, you're, hey. if if you if you play drums, yeah, because there's a respect factor <laughs> if a guy works at a fucking bar venue and does fucking sound for it. But uh, you know, if if your mic falls apart while you're playing the drums and you're the lead singer drummer for a band, he's not going to help you at all. So shout out to yeah. Daniel Smith for helping me out on that one. Um, yeah, that's all. Oh, yeah. What, what, that guy was the Kick the Robot. What, what the hell is his band name? Who, Daniel Smith? Um, yeah. I forgot. He had like the radio head. <laughs> all right. Anyways, you guys check out Sweetwater Bar and Grill. Uh, Matt, the old sign sound guy, doesn't work there anymore, so this is irrelevant. But also, if you ever play any bar <laughs> as a band, like, be nice to the sound guy. Maybe give him a cut of whatever you're taking in the door. Buy him a drink. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was going <laughs> for the opposite concept with Matt. So, um, no. <laughs> Anyways, that guy fucked me over. <laughs> Fuck him. Anyways. But no, in general, like, just, you play a show. Like, be nice to the sound, sound guy, guy, but you don't have to worship him because realize he works at a fucking bar fucking being a sound guy for so you know yeah i also realize he controls how you're gonna sound so like yeah yeah, but there's an (laughs) ego to it there's an ego to it so make sure you suck his dick in the back afterwards i mean you might like like blow him but let's let's uh let's continue down the uh line (laughs) so we can talk about someone else that i really like uh owen hart foundation women's tournament quarterfinal match between Britt baker and who is the joker if you were if you are mad about John Morrison and excited about this one, I don't like you as a wrestling <laughs> The fans shit on this so hard. There was like 50 fans that were really into it, and the rest of the crowd was like, who? <laughs> Makito. She's back. And she was That's in the women's tournament before, That's right? All I got, like, That's all I got. She was, she's back. Yay. Um, I do anime stuff, and I sometimes flip the bird and use curse words on Twitter. Ha <laughs> Yeah, I just... Uh, did I sum up that entire character? Because this match was shit, so... <laughs> well, you know, if you're a pop star, you could definitely just become a pro wrestler and shit like that within six months. So is, she, is she a pop user. star? Over in Japan, apparently. That's what they always say. Uh, well, Excalibur, because he has to, like, put her over to the level of, like, a fucking Hulk Hogan when he's fucking talking about her and all of her lack of accomplishments. All right, I'm not going to blame that on Excalibur, though. Like, that's not his fault. He's just no, reading the thing. I'm sure someone <laughs> who talks like this is always giving them the ideas to, of, of what to say. Ah, Jesus fucking Christ. But, uh, yeah, that was there. And Britt Baker won, thank God. So, what you going to do? What you going to do, brother? <laughs> Um, <laughs> it didn't matter who they brought in. Like Britt was gonna win, <laughs> unless it was like Ember Moon or some shit. So I think it was actually smart to bring in someone like Maki Ito versus like if they brought in like a Kerry Hojo or uh, 
Carrie Zane, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, or Ember Moon, or like a big name. I Did just, Brent I, would, I, I like, think that to Tony lose. needs to quit acting if it's not that big of a deal. Like, I think, you know what? I'm going to say it. Watching last night, and Rampage was after um, recorded. They were both recorded in Houston, so it was recorded after Dynamite. Big Damo, who was barely publicized, got a bigger fucking reaction from the crowd than Makiito did. I mean, Makiito's fine. <laughs> like, she was okay. I don't need her to sing ever again, though. And also, doesn't Emi Sakura do the same kind of gimmick? But, like, she's yeah. better in the ring. <laughs> you could have just had Britt Baker versus Emi Sakura, <laughs> which would have been a better match. I just feel like there's so many more female like great female wrestlers over in Japan than some of the ones that end up on AEW. Oh um, yeah. Like there's a whole fucking list in stardom. <laughs> like I, I, look, I'm not trying to shit on DDT here and I get it. But like anyone you bring over from there and you put against Britt Baker, we're just expecting them to get fucking tapped out like immediately. Really quick. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> yeah, like Britt Baker should have demolished this person in like six seconds. Doing her little happy dance and shit. <laughs> and then, like, Britt Baker. It, this match went way longer than it actually should have. Honestly. I don't I don't care it's a fucking wild card. <laughs> like, it's Britt Baker. If you had to put her, uh, like, against Tony Storm or something, you want to have that match. It's like, oh, Tony Storm's new. Here's, look at the moves that she could do. But for Britt Baker, she fucking locked her in. Had that shit done. Be like, oh, it's gone. We're done. <laughs> yep. What are you going to do? Um, so then she's they have really, like, she, she's like really fucking popular though, Dane. So I guess, or at least online, not, not in the building apparently, but online, she's really fucking popular. Cause very cute and flips the bird. I guess so. They like silly shit. They're like fucking, they're like cats. Honestly, you put something <laughs> and dangle it in front of them. That's like colorful. They're going to try to, like, fight it or, you know, it's just so stupid. Let's talk about female wrestlers that actually have some uh, legitimacy to them, unlike uh, Miss Makiito. Um, we had Tony Schiavone. He was about to do an interview and was interrupted by Sarita Deeb, who took issue with the fact that he said in the little package the week before that Serena Deeb would lose to Thunder Rosa. And this would lead to Serena Deeb kind of cutting, like, a – even though it was heelish because she was taking shots at people that the crowd likes, like Dustin, like Tony, and like Thunder Rosa, it's kind of babyface-ish because she brought up, you know, some of the obstacles she had to deal with and what she did in WWE, you know, like shaving her head or, or getting breast implants to fucking look a certain way and, you know, not 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 being involved in a major heavyweight style, you know, uh, situation, even if you have to put over the other person and just putting your belts on the fucking desk. Anyways, um, but shaving her head and this and that, you know, she was like garnishing sympathy almost. And then she called out Dustin and ended up slapping him. This would trigger Thunder Rosa to come to the ring and they got, you know, almost a confrontation. People were blocking. Thunder Rosa dropped her belt at some point. Serenity picked it up and just clobbered her in the head with it. So I think it put some steam on it. Unfortunately, if I had a cut to make the uh, if, if I had to cut something that was shorter 
that could have added to the ending, I probably would have done this. Or just try to get the Jericho shit cut in half. Because that didn't need to extend as long as it did. Uh, but that's one thing that sucks is because it takes away from the main event. And then we end up getting these main events that are pretty short. Um, it's almost as annoying as WWE where they looks it looks like we're going to get like a really awesome 20 to 15 minute match. And then they pump it with commercials and shit until we could just get six minutes. But, um, you know, uh, this sets up stuff for the match. I just don't like how they've used Sonderosa since she's won. She's barely talked at all. She's not been able to put herself over or even build herself. No promos, really. She's just been feisty and cut off a bunch, basically. So that's stupid. I think I think the problem is she doesn't need to cut promos, and she doesn't necessarily need to cut them in English if she has to. I know she speaks English. I've watched, I, I watch her YouTube, and I've seen her with Dan Hausen, etc. But the character is a very Sting, Darby character. She doesn't need to talk. She beat Brett Baker. That's it. So like, it's like, you think so? I don't think you want. No, you want she like hasn't. A, she hasn't talked at all since she got the damn title. And before that, she was cutting pretty good promos back and forth. She's feisty. Give her some yeah. talking time. I know she was feisty in NWA, and and she did a couple of over spots here too. Here with Britt going into that match, but after that, they put her with Nyla Rose, and they just had uh, Vicky. Yeah, and like, but literally everything else. She won the title, and then they were like, "You're not going to talk anymore. You, you're not going to. You're going to get cut off by Nyla. She's going to annihilate you. You're not going to be able to even address the fans after you won the fucking thing." And then now, even with Serena Deeb, you know she she's. She never fucking talks. It's always the other person or she gets attacked. Like Sting is probably horrible like booking. The, Sting is probably like the less you talk, the better. <laughs> I, I guess I mean, so. I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with her not talking as long as she's whipping ass. I don't want her getting cake shoved in her face. That was very fucking WWE. Uh, her versus Serena Deeb should be a banger, though. Yeah, hopefully it's a banger. I guess we just uh, d- disagree on the... Uh... The booking, if you will. Char- well, it's more just like where her character should go versus the booking, I guess. Because you're right. She looked, like if she, can- she looked a lot larger in concept of the character before she had the belt. Right. Like if she went like full Ricky the Dragon Steamboat with her character or something, I just don't know that her promo is there. It's more just how they booked her after she won the title because they put her and they just had Vicky cut her off. And then shoved a cake in her face. They immediately cut off all promos she had. So it makes you think that she can't cut a promo. You know what I no, mean? No, like, that makes it's... me think that there's a little mini man doing way too much booking <laughs> who's on cocaine trying to do five fucking million things. That's what it makes me think. There's more well, yeah. emphasis in one thing than the other. No, I'm, I'm just saying, like, as a fan watching it, it's like, well, you're yeah. cutting off her promo every time. So, like, she can't talk. So, like, she can't talk. Like, let's have her fucking full mariachi band like she did last time. Just start whipping ass. Like, I don't need Thunder Rosa to talk, honestly. If she's just going to show up and start whipping Serena Deeb's ass, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Serena Deeb's talking about all these problems and shit. Thunder Rosa's like, that's cute. And just beats her ass. I'm all right with that. Yep. Some, well, some, sometimes less is more. But also, Thunder Rosa does have a good story to tell. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like all she has gotten is less. She's literally been less, 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 and it's not getting her over. It's, it's actually hindering her. 
No, I agree with you on that. But it's like, how do you? You now it's like a weird thing if you give her like a, a thirty second promo now because you cut her off like multiple weeks in a row and put her in a feud that didn't matter. I don't know. I, I feel like if WWE booked it the same way, you would say, why the fuck are you know? Or anyone would say, like, why the fuck aren't you letting her actually try to get over herself? Now oh, I'm saying book. I'm saying that now, but you're in that situation where like. Left, left, you, you take a left or a right kind of thing. Well, yeah, so so, so I, yeah. Tony, like, lay off the fucking coke and get some help a little bit if you can't structure shit, you know, at the beginning and stuff like that of a person's character instead of her doing this to herself, you know? I don't yeah, know. I mean, Th- Thunder Rose is great. Like, if you've watched her Watch vlogs it. and stuff, she's very personable. So I'm not saying she should never talk. I'm just like, they booked her into a situation, and now you have Serena Deeb's making this very emotional promo about uh, what she had to go through in WWE, and it's like, well, what the hell is like Thunder Rosa going to talk about? <laughs> really? Exactly. So just don't talk. <laughs> just do the sting, beat her ass, move forward. It, so it's not like I think Thunder Rosa cut a great promo. She's done it in NWA. Like I said, she has a vlog that's really good. <laughs> it's not that I'm saying anything bad about Thunder Rosa. They just put her in a weird situation where it's like, well. Serena Deeb's just talking about deep shit with W. You know what I mean? It's like when that weird friend you get drunk with, and he starts talking about like uh, all of his family's death with you, and you're like, "Uh huh." You're like, "I'm just trying to listen to Queens of the Stone Age," but he just keeps talking about it, and you're like, mm, mm, "Yeah, mm. yeah, well, yeah." <laughs> good, good stuff with Queens of the Stone Age. Only, um, only Stone Cold could promo his way out of that. Or the what? rock. He could be like he was like, What's your grandma's name? <laughs> My grandmother died? Yeah. What's her name? It doesn't matter what her name is. Sorry. <laughs> All right. The main event we had the Owen Hart's Foundation uh the uh semifinals with Jeff Hardy and Adam Cole. The person will go against whoever uh it's uh, Kyle O'Reilly and um, Samoa Joe, so that should be interesting. I think Joe's going to be going against Adam Cole. I just don't. I think there's going to be something that happens that where he wins. But this match, I don't even remember it. It was very short, kind of uneventful. And then afterwards, you had Hardys and Red Dragon beating the shit out of uh, Darby Allen, Sting, and uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. And Sting looked like... Uh, Almost got his leg broken or something, man. They 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 paralyzed, they pulmonized him, Chris. Yeah, they did the four horseman dusty <laughs> spot. They took his leg out. He was like, "Oh no, my leg!" Um, yeah, it was a very short match. But uh, to be fair to Jeff, he did take a swanton onto stairs the week before. <laughs> why yeah. why did he do that spot? <laughs> I don't know, man. That... For a roll-up pin at the end of it, it's like, so my nieces hate Jeff Hardy now because they think he's a cheater. <laughs> it's oh like, wow! How, how is he the only person that survives a coffin drop? He just rolls, he just rolls him up into the, the ladder. Darby yeah. beat his ass the entire time, and I'm like, they're not wrong. Darby did beat his ass the entire time. <laughs> Minus yeah. that stunner on the stairs, but they're they're not wrong. So they so they were very happy that Adam Cole won here, and they got to say bebe because they're big uh, DMD fans. So 
Uh, so they were excited about that. And uh, yeah, this this match was uh, fine. I mean, it was it was like you said, it was short as fuck. It just seems so rushed. Do you so think they had to rush? Yeah, do you think? I think they had to rush through um, the mocking match too earlier. Like I don't know if their their times got messed up or whatever, but they had to rush through that uh, the Maki Ito match as well. Because there was like a couple of spots where the refs like, no, we got to get here. <laughs> like, I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah, like they had to like run through a couple spots. So yeah, I don't know if it was like the whole thing. They were like uh, audible, but I expected more from Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy, and I'm sure they both wanted more from each other. So maybe we'll see that match again. Yeah, I think that sometimes Tony likes to pack it too much, man. And it just ends up inevitably kind of hurting the last segment which is supposed to be your main event. So, I mean, he put a ton of shit on the show and a lot of it was really good. So I'm not going to, you know, can't criticize him too much, but, but you know, Jeff, I will say if, if Jeff Rampage versus Adam a, Cole, <laughs> you know, if, if, um, if Rampage is not supposed to be your B show, which is what you claim, why not? Instead of trying to pack everything on this, using more stuff that's meaningful on Rampage. Uh, I don't know. That's why don't they do like every other like company like UFC? If you're watching UFC on TV, it's like, oh, the overrun's going to be on our website, so you get people to go to your YouTube or whatever to see the finish because they're already doing stuff on their YouTube, so people subscribe to it, kind of thing. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yep. But also, like, don't do that because <laughs> I hate it. But if you're gonna if you if you if you're gonna cut me short on a Jeff Hardy Adam Cole match, then do that, so I can at least like watch the six more minutes they would have had. I agree. I completely agree with you, man. But maybe Jeff's fucked up. Like I don't know. Like I don't know. He could have honestly. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It could have been a situation where they wanted Adam Cole to get a strong win because he had that fucking ridiculous match with, you know. Uh, Darby the week before. <coughs> Sorry. I mean, they could have they could have actually wanted Jeff to win, but he's all fucked up because he <laughs> fell through like seventy five things. <laughs> yep. So I don't so know, man. Knows? I mean, because they're setting up a tag match, anyways. Um, do you think they're gonna go Adam Cole and Britt Baker? They both win the uh, Owen Hart tournament. Yeah, man, I think that that could definitely be it. I kind of like the idea, though, if, I don't know, like, I think Adam Cole's going to inevitably win. I really do. But if Britt doesn't, and this kind of puts a chink in her armor a little bit, I don't, I don't have a problem with that either. But it, it really looks like the two of them are going to win the whole thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, Britt's still the most over-person uh, female on the roster, They've kind of cooled her off since the uh, Thunder Rosa thing, too, though. She's still the most... I mean, it didn't... Like, when Thunder Rosa... They should have had Thunder Rosa beat her for the title the first time. Instead of doing that... uh, What was it? What did they call it? Lights out match or whatever? There was no rules, no title change. Yeah, but people love that match, man. I mean, it was a great match, and so was their last match when Thunder Rosa won, won the title. But at the same time, now it's like, 
We just want Britt to have the title. Goes like Britt the best. <laughs> yep. Well, let's get through Rampage. Um, just real quick, couple more matches. House of Black destroyed. Uh, well, I mean, they were actually more competitive than I thought they would be. Actually, I watched. I'm sorry, I like Evil Uno, but you know, it's him, Ten, and Fuego de Sol. They should have just destroyed them. And I have fucking Malachi Black, you know, feeding for fucking Uno. Like, that's to me was stupid. I didn't need all that. But they ended up winning. And that's, I guess, we had the uh, confrontation with, with uh, well, all it was was Pentagon Phoenix, Alexa Brantes, and Pac came out. And they displayed a new grave. And it said, uh, you know, uh, the House of Black on the coffin. And they're challenging them for double or nothing. So we're getting three on three. I, I think we saw this coming, Chris. Where's Eric? Where's Eric Rowan? Eric Redbeard. What do they call him? Eric Redbeard? Where's he? Did he get murdered by the mist? I don't know. But, you know. Hopefully he shows back up. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I think they're gonna split split apart the Dark Order in general at this point, right? Sure. Yeah, makes sense. I I, I don't. See uh, I a, think I, I think. Go ahead. Sir. Sorry. No, I I don't think it's 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 been very. Uh, I don't know. The lack of of. Them in general as a unit, one of their guys, Stu Grayson, getting dropped between that and, I mean, where the fuck has Kip Sabian been? No one knows. Uh, you know, there's there's so many people that are part of the rush. Chuck Taylor barely is out there anymore. Uh, Cole Cabana, where the fuck did he go ever since CM Punk came? You know, that are mis- mysteriously going to disappear. Um, that's all I'm saying. That's what it seems like. But at least they're not doing it. They're not firing anyone. They're just fucking letting their contracts go out and not resigning them. So, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, I mean, they got paid, right? <laughs> so Yeah, they didn't get fucked good. over or anything. Uh, I think Evoluna is going to be there for a while, though, because he's doing all their YouTube shit. So I wonder, uh, I'm assuming Johnny Hungy is going to be over there because he's super over. What, what, uh, what YouTube shit is he doing? Like, is he uh, producing all their shows or something? He's doing all their video game stuff. I I don't know if they keep him just for that though. I mean, how I many... feel like that's how WWE keeps Xavier Woods at this point, but uh, a little bit of talent difference between <laughs> the two, but you know. Um, really? Between Xavier and Evil Uno? Evil Uno is a really good wrestler, dude. I, I mean, I'm He's fine. Equal, He's a good tag wrestler, but Xavier talent? Woods. Agreed, disagree. Um, yeah, I think they're, I think they're both good. I'll go with that. that. I think they're that, both. Yeah, they're, they're not that, but both good. <laughs> that was his debate. One was better than the other. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. Um, Sean Spears, Big Demo. They had a good match. I like seeing Big Demo. He got a great reaction from the crowd. Actually, hope he stays, but he got beaten fairly uh, quickly by Sean Spears towards the end, who had a strong win against him. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's like I said, I don't think it's the best way to display big guys if there's potential. And you're obviously seeing what he can do if you bring him on Rampage. So 
I don't know. Yeah, but it's put over Sean Spears to build up to whatever they're doing with Wardlow. Good point, yeah. To, to prove that Sean Spears can beat big guys. But then how does, if you decide to, you know, use Big Damo past this, how does he look really intimidating if he lost his first match to Sean Spears? That's all I'm saying. We like three months and reintroduce him as something else. <laughs> That's what WWE would do. That's a good point. Um, Chris Statlander beat Red Velvet and uh, made this kind of like a personal thing with Jake Cargill. And then they attacked her, the baddies, Kara Hogan, Cargill, Red Velvet, and then who was sitting at commentary and didn't really provide any commentary. Uh, Ruby Soho came out and saved them. So we're going Ruby Soho. I guess Chris Statlander, and that should be a really good match, man. So I expect Ruby to win because Chris Statlander wasn't supposed to be in it to begin with. She had to once uh, Kurushita got injured. So interesting. Yeah, what are they doing with Ruby Soho? Nothing. I mean, maybe she'll win this tournament. It looks like it's going to be her and Britt. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be her and Britt in the finals. Maybe they'll start a tag division and bring in Session Mall. There you go. So we can get the the awkward Session Moth dance to <laughs> Ruby, 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 Ruby Soho. No, I'm I'm kidding. But like, really, what are they doing? I I felt like Ruby Soho was going to be pushed, and she's one of the better female wrestlers they have and i know they have stuff tied up but like she had a great great match with jade cargill until jade tried to do that like avalanche move off the second rope and almost killed her yeah i don't know but i'm looking forward to seeing the two of them in the ring all right so the main event was john moxley and brian danielson going against dante martin and matt seidel I mean, this is exactly what you thought it was going to be. Dante Martin looked awesome like he always does throughout this match. No offense to Matt Seidel, but I think they were letting Dante, you know, do his look very competitive. I, he's he's really excellent as a high flyer in the ring. Uh, but this would come down to the Jericho Appreciation Society attacking uh, them and just decimating them, even though Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie would come to their aid. I mean, they just overwhelmed them and then... Danielson got his leg caught uh, between the ramp and the stage. Uh, it was not shown on the broadcast. I heard about this and potentially being an injury from a fan recording it. Then Alvarez reported that it was a part of the storyline. But then they only showed it in the background while the fighting was going. But then they showed a video directly of it afterwards on AEW's Twitter page. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. I hope, obviously, the biggest thing, I hope Brian Danielson isn't hurt in real life. So, just a awkward uh, concept. And if it, if this is anything where he's injured or he didn't get injured, luckily, then maybe do something about the elevated stage. I don't know if that's a smart fucking idea. Then, if that's a possibility, so it's a it's a weird situation, Chris. Yeah, I think Rick Rude would agree with you on the elevated stage. So uh, would Brian Cage when he almost fucking injured himself by getting thrown off of it into a chair and impact not too long ago, and they stopped doing it. But yeah, Rude's, yeah, Rude's career was done because of something like that. Yeah, he got, he and he, luckily he had like two million dollars worth of insurance on his body. 
from Lloyd's of London or whatever. That's why he was in DX and NWO as a manager. Because like they basically broke his spine off a stupid New Japan stage. Either All Japan or New Japan stage off like that. I, I don't understand. I mean, I get it looks cool. It's okay for something to look cool. It doesn't mean you have to do moves off of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of other places to, you know, throw someone back first into. <laughs> but yeah, uh, fun, sh- fun show of Rampage. I mean, sorry, I brought it down like with the Rick Rude. My bad. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. It just, I really hope he's not hurt, man, in real life. And if this is part of an angle, great. But where's it going? Like, why are we doing an angle where Brian Danielson hurts his leg? Like, does that mean he's not going to be in the match? It's kind of, it's just weird all around. Well, I mean, it really, really sucks that maybe he's not going to be in the match and also he's not going to be in G1. Because I really feel like they were G, they're, they're gearing up for all three of those cats to be in the G1. Which would be awesome. Definitely would. But uh, so, any last comments about Rampage? Before we wrap it out and get out of here. Uh, it was a fun show. Not anything to write home about. Not enough, not enough hook. Well, they had, it's like they, that's, I'm glad you said that because I almost completely forgot. They promoted the shit out of Hookhausen, Hookhausen, and then they had like an 80s training montage, and that was it. I was like, oh, okay. All right, well, that was funny, but, you know. It made me really sad because they they didn't have that Action Bronson song where he's like, I may be too fat to fuck or touch my toes, but I still will fuck these hoes, which would have been great. Should have done that. Also, like, can we get Dan Housen dancing with Action Bronson? This pay per view, please. (laughs) Get on it. Get on it. Get on it, AEW. (laughs) Get on it, Tony Khan. I'll tweet at him. I've been trying to get him to buy a new hockey team for Atlanta for a while. So. (laughs) There you go, man. Uh, no. <laughs> Wrestling Geeks Alliance hockey team. Because <laughs> I just keep annoying him. <laughs> and he has fuck you money. That'd be funny. <laughs> uh, no, it was good Good shows. I mean, obviously, like as far as ratings go, everything this week was hurt by NBA and NHL. And it's going to continue to be that way until the Stanley Cups, the NBA Finals. What I hope possibly is this i hope if aw since they do have so much against them and they are in a random different time slot if they do something decent though i hope they think about maybe moving from seven until eight instead of from fucking 10 until 11 that would be awesome at least personally for me you're talking about the discovery when they when that channel purchase happens no i'm I'm just well i'm just saying in general maybe think about I think Rampage would do better, honestly, from 7 until 8, going in. I mean, because we're all fucking wrestling fans. I'm not everyone, but going into a SmackDown instead of going right the fuck afterwards in a dead time period with a one-hour show. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's working for them. The ratings I mean, have I've been, been terrible. I've been saying forever to throw it on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I miss Sunday wrestling, man. My Saturday wrestling before we go on the air is now watching Impact because I can't. It's not on my cable anymore, so fucking. That's what I usually well, watch on Saturdays. Yeah, that and there's like 
20 hours of wrestling for us to catch up on each week. Exactly. It's ridiculous. But, uh, um, but it's fun. <laughs> it is fun. And I hope that you guys had fun out there because we enjoy talking about professional wrestling, you know, just talking and debating and just whatever. Me and Chris enjoy providing that for you over in the Geek Vibes Nation, if you will. So thank you guys so much for listening to us. Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people out there. Give any plugs and or handles to these uh, wonderful audience members. Hey, little baby, is your daddy home? Did he go away and leave you alone? Oh, sorry. I was talking about the boss. My bad. Uh, if you want to hit me, give me at Chris R. Patton on Twitter. Facebook, at Christopher.R.Patton on Facebook. Instagram is the same as the Twitter handle. And uh, Skate's Throats. You got all your Stanley Cup playoff recaps happening and uh they're on the, all the same things that this show's on and uh maybe a big surprise coming in the future for you guys so be exciting yep and besides all that amazing stuff uh about hockey especially for all you hockey fans out there from chris i do another show called dane rants and uh, plan on doing something like i said about mr darren aronofsky Soon in the future, but thank you guys for listening. Already went over at the beginning of the show all of downloadable platforms you can listen to us on. Find me on Twitter at DaneAlves42, or you can find me on DaneAlves on both Instagram and Facebook. And uh, that's it. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful day, evening, whenever you're listening to this. We usually do the show, like I said uh, beforehand, on, on Saturdays and have it out to you by Sunday or Monday. But I will leave. You, with the following message after I say peace out, you guys have a good one. Here is some words. I had a dream. I hadn't made it. There's nothing dragging down me now because this girl's going to push it all out the way. You guys have a good one.